Magic Without Fears Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. And we are live. And we are here. Are you there, Beth? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Magic Without Fears. <laughs> The Hermetic Podcast brought to you by Two for One Sale on Adrenochrome. Get yours today. That's, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, you know. After that, right? No. I, I made a few people uncomfortable. With that. <laughs> like, like you say that? Yeah, but. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, this is a comedy show, right? Isn't that what everyone says? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is that what everyone says? Um, well, you know. As an Aquarius, I can speak for everyone, so. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Damn, how's New Zealand? Oh, uh, uh, New Zealand is awesome. Yeah, I, that's New I've Zealand been hearing that awesome. since I was 13 years old. <laughs> My best friend, Rui Inaba, moved uh, to New Zealand from Vancouver. He was from Japan. Oh, Korean. Nice. And like, you know, I had the two, be- two best Japanese friends two of my friends in Waldorf were Japanese Mm -hmm. and so we played basketball played Super Famicom which was Super Nintendo before it hit North America and then they moved away and Ruby moved to New Zealand we had like a real pen pal relationship like serious letters like my classmates best friends would want to hear the letters he wrote because they were so funny and it was just writing letters or as the kids today call them uh physical physical emails yeah physical like actual tactile emails yeah, you know, I start off with then <laughs> typewriters. I know we found each other on Google Plus or something a few years back, and it uh, when I was in my hardcore touring oh, cool. days, and he, turned out he became a bassist eventually. So that was pretty funny that we also both nice. got into music at some point. But yeah, New Zealand's always like yeah. a place to be. Yeah, yeah, I never knew about it until I was probably like my early twenties. <laughs> so it was like, oh, this place exists down there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, how did you? I hadn't honestly. There? Um. Okay. So, long story. Do you want the short version or the uh, very <laughs> complicated version? I want the no, diatribe version that leads to why you guys are opened <laughs> up, not wearing masks, and how the rest of us are doing it all wrong. Yay! Can you handle that? That I can't. 
<laughs> this still freaks me out. The fact that we are in this, like this whole normal, everything is normal here. Everything is completely normal. Yeah. And I'm you know, legally not I, allowed to associate with more than two uh, persons. Exactly. Like, so I have one person, an old friend I see. Yeah. But we still keep distanced and we just talk about like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and magic. And well, she's, she's, she's uh, black and bisexual and her daughter hangs out too. Cause she's such a cool mom. And, you know, so we nice. can have any conversation we want, you know? yeah good and that's important that you have someone like that brilliant person so that's good that's brilliant and and it's good to have them and i'm allowed to choose one other group i can associate with and i'm deciding between a house of my film friends who can be a little crazy but they're also (laughs) amazing and professional and and you know but just also crazy like they had a halloween party once and 800 people showed up Holy crap. Yeah, because some, nice. some genius put it in the newspaper. They, I think they spent 2000 just in <laughs> I was going to say, definitely not up to COVID standards right there, though. I'm yeah, just well, going to say, I know yeah. it probably it probably wasn't like last month or anything. No, but, it was years ago. You know. <laughs> but it was crazy. Like, in the early part it of the party. It wasn't like just the Halloween past. The early part of the party was like seeing all these like CW people. Like you're like walking through your favorite TV shows and there they all are. Like, oh, there's the iZombie people and there's the magicians people. And there's like, nice, you know, our friends. But then it got to the point where all the strangers started showing up. We saw in the newspaper. And there was a moment where we were all sandwiched together throughout all two floors of the house, including the like Game of Thrones themed indoor sauna. Like it all got so slammed, no one could move. So for about two hours, you couldn't move and you were stuck. (laughs) That sounds brilliant. I was sandwiched next to this actress in a Catwoman outfit. So it could have been much worse. (laughs) <laughs> just like all sardined in yeah next to like you know and also this stuff. actor who i love from the movie saved did you ever see the movie saved with mandy Moore? probably not no and it's like about the christian fundamentalist no, kids in the high no. school yeah we, we all went to see it in the seminary and it was hilarious i remember it was a huge piss take i, I do remember fundamentalist that. christianity and this one actor played a gay kid and i really liked him and he was the other one sandwiched near the Polly, the uh, Catwoman girl. So there's those friends I could hang nice. out with, or I could hang out with one other group <laughs> of friends. And by hang out, I mean distance and all this. And everyone's being like so careful. They're yeah. acting like, like you can breathe on and catch cancer or something. Um, you know what I, though? This is this is how we got through it. This is how New Zealand just was like, no, screw it. We're, you know, as soon as those things happened in our country it was just like right this is what we have to do done and everyone stuck to the rules and everyone did what they were supposed to do you know and it sucks and it really sucks and we still do have to wear well we don't have to wear masks on public transport here in wellington but up in auckland they have to still yeah and so how did you get there how did where are you from and how did you get there how right so i'm originally i'm from connecticut um new england yeah all that side that's in america um for, for my listeners yeah in the states <laughs> yes sorry <laughs> no i think pretty much everyone most people so, listen to this are in the states but you know i would say most people most people know where connecticut is so i grew up in this really remote little town in connecticut like super remote super weird little town like i had i think 20 people in my class in elementary school and primary school 
and we were just like the same 20 kids you yeah, know that, like, that's what i had year. it was Albert, yeah, yeah it, it's I liked a bit, it. and so it was just a bit spooky like was, the whole town was a bit spooky and it's just like okay this is very inbred and weird but <laughs> i knew <laughs> i knew i wasn't supposed to be there for long like as a little kid i was just like i know i'm not supposed to be here like totally in the wrong place hmm. So, you know, as soon as like any opportunity to, to move places would come up, I would take it. Basically, you know, my parents got divorced and my mom moved and she's like, do you want to come and stay with us? Yes. You know, <laughs> I met a guy who lived in Minnesota and we were pen pals, the old school pen pals for a while. And as soon as he said, do you want to move to Minnesota? Yes. So I just kept going. I went from Minnesota and then I met my... Well, we call each other co-parents now because we're not really together, but yeah, um, I was going to ask you what we met online. Yeah. So we met on MySpace. This goes back. This goes back a ways. And we met on MySpace. What's that? MySpace. Oh, that would be great. It was great because I think people should just start utilizing it again. Yeah, yeah. Like you got everyone got five songs. You know how we all got five songs. You could hear. Yeah, that was great. Before people started tweaking out with the backgrounds and the graphics and all that stuff, so you couldn't. (laughs) Before that, it was like Like, oh, all the flashing gift backgrounds that were just obnoxious. It's like I don't even know where the hell I'm looking right now. I don't know how that (laughs) happened. What people were thinking, (laughs) but you know, it was just all sorts of wrong. Still an upgrade um, from the yeah. websites of the 90s, though, which were psychedelic, oh, to say the least, yeah. They were a bit strange, like all those weird, like, AOL groups. What were they? Yeah. That's going back a bit. Yeah. One of my first email pen pals was from Wisconsin. <gasps> so when I was still living in Connecticut, I had this, this email pen pal, yeah, in Wisconsin, and back, like, in 92 or something like that. It's awesome. So anyway, they? so yes, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Midwest. Oh, right. See, for a yeah. second, I like to pretend I know America, but for a second, I was like, where's Wisconsin, <laughs> Connecticut? See, I just... <laughs> exactly. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone knows everything in America. Of course they do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I'm so happy not to be living there right now. Um... That's what all my actor friends so, are yeah, saying. So... Like, we always wanted to live in California, <laughs> but right now we're so grateful to be Canadians. We're all like just yeah, yeah. random on and going to auditions because films yeah, ex- film is going so uh, yeah. My other buddy Absolutely. just got hired. My a buddy of mine who's an ex lawyer, he just got hired to to manage all the security for the filming in town. Nice. So like, yeah, Wellington's cool. got here they have, we've got Weta here. So, you know, oh. we've got like the huge industry, film industry down here and lots of people from the States and, and Canada are coming down here and I have some friends going from New Zealand to Canada, you know, <laughs> they're like, sure, why not? You know, it's just like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, huge film, huge filming industries at both places. It's very cool. So anyway, so MySpace, back to MySpace. So this is sort of that whole, how I live my life, in case I didn't cover that part of my life. I just go with life. <laughs> so whatever comes my way I'm just like woo yeah I was, um, I was writing literally passages on this the other night just like non-stop about direction in life <sighs> and, and how you know how we define yeah. ourselves in relationship to the events that we're given the choices we make and our reaction mm-hmm. response 
and really Absolutely. like especially like if flow is just what keeps coming up for me like you know stop you know nice you got to flow hardcore yeah seriously it's exactly what you have to do like my i feel like my whole life has been in that sort of weird ver- i don't know the what do they call it? yeah flow or like the vortex and all of that bullshit i don't know what they call it but it's just yeah you're just constantly just you're just in it and you're just present and so we called it energy we were just like it's the energy like, oh yeah we remember absolutely. we actually said absolutely. energy for everything we're like i like your energy you've got a good energy that person yes energy. <laughs> the energy of the of the space was great but the latte wasn't <laughs> totally the, the foam was, was <laughs> limp foam there was just not enough foam on that latte do you guys have flat whites up there is Do you know what a flat a white thing? Is? Like, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, I would totally qualify as that. I'm just saying. Is that like a white person <laughs> that only that, that is super white, or 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 is just like failed as a white person, so they're a flat? Uh, so they're flat. I don't know. I was thinking boobs, but that's all right. Um, I think I grew up in a very flat white environment. It's like white wine <laughs> that's been left out too long. Because they're so rich, they'll open up a five hundred dollar bottle and then just forget to drink it because they took too many pills. <laughs> so, so you got a bottle of Zinfandel sitting there, getting all gross. I, I grew up around very rich people, but very poor. So that tells you a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I've thought about that. Yeah, like, I, I, I grew up. I grew up. Ah, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I grew yeah. up around very poor people. Yeah. I think that's why I was like, yeah, I'm not staying here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I figured out but from them was f- you have to make, you know, you have to innovate to make your own way. You can't do what other people around you are doing because then you're just going to get what they're mm. going to get. So everyone's always giving you all this advice in life, but you look at their life, you're like, I don't want that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How do people do that? that? Yeah. People do that yeah, all the time. And, and I get the most advice absolutely. from people these lives. I clearly would not want to emulate them. Clearly I'm making Yes. <laughs> like what about me exactly. makes you think I want to be like you? Why am I going to take the advice that obviously didn't work for you? You know, <laughs> it's just like, mm, yeah. no, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that. Thanks. Oh, that is so true. That's hilarious. My aunt saw my new book, the ethics of understanding God, which when I first wrote okay. it, the thesis version of it got me accepted when I do mm. my PhD at Yale. And she saw it in print now. And she's like, so are you ever going to get a real job? Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm like, dude, I, I've been getting death threats for 13 years just from speaking my mind on my thoughts and education. That's a form of success. And she is, she's, she's a high school teacher. But she is grimacing. <laughs> She's just like, you know, everyone, everyone sees success differently. That's, that's. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, not pursuing that kind of academic oh, that's success so really funny. pissed off my family. Cause if you, if you pursue it, but I just feel like once you see the end game of a thing, it changes yeah. priorities and yeah. they never think ahead. Again, the Aquarius is always looking ahead. It's like, I could see where professor track goes. Yeah. And I see the problems in the world. Yeah. And now we look at professors with like this gross sort of sympathy, like, boy, did you guys all fuck up? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Where did you guys go wrong? What was right. the advice you got? I don't want that advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the CEO of Whole Foods just went on Joe Rogan and talked about this issue. The academics are often like about professors because they don't have this social status of artists and celebrities and entrepreneurs and business people. Mm, but they yeah. spend all their time, they were just good at school and that's all they were ever good at. Yeah. I saw that when I was I think young. I've only, I, I've known, like, oh, yeah, I've known a, a few, yeah, I've, I've known a few professors and, um, oh God, like overly wickedly intelligent people who have done very well for themselves. And it wasn't about the status. It wasn't about it. You know, it wasn't about this, wasn't about that. It was just that they were, you know, that they were happy in their life. And I think, yeah, that, that sort of sounds like a good place to be. It's like, yes, you have all of this knowledge and all of this, you know, background knowledge about life and you know just just to be in a place to be able to utilize it and not do it for any sort of want or need or money or anything like that well it's so much more important there is there is an amazing moth in my in my lounge right now sorry (laughs) getting completely distracted what sort of different animals uh do you have in new zealand do you have like unicorns like scotland or what no no we've got okay so the mythology based animals are pretty amazing so you've got tanifa which are like a water dragon so yeah wicked cool like the i love okay so one of the reasons why i love living here one of the hundreds of thousands of reasons i love living here um when my kids were growing up they got to learn more of the the indigenous stories creation stories and you know all of these different things and part of the language and all of that is part of their education system when they're really young so like Mm. when they're in preschool um so I got to learn all about these like little you know these little beings and stuff and yeah so the tanifas are really cool so they are like a dragon like a water dragon and I don't know if they actually existed at one point I'm always curious about that um they're sort of like we've got um eels are very very common here like in streams and maori hunt them and they're sacred you know so it's just like oh that could have been a ton that's why you don't eat them (laughs) um yeah like there's just all these different things that are really amazing Um, so yeah so we've got (laughs) some more folklore um let's see i'm just remembering this from like my kids storybooks um so one of them so the creation story is really beautiful the creation story is mother earth who she is known as papa tuanuku and the sky is Oh, I'm going to hack this. It's like Ranganui. I apologize, everyone from New Zealand Americans try and speak Tadeo and it comes out like crap. No one from New Zealand's um, going to do this. <laughs> they're all at the park or at the nightclub. They're all, they're all, they're living, all doing you know, stuff. They're all doing stuff. We're all, we're all, yeah. we're all at the pubs. <laughs> this is for Americans who are too lazy to join Antifa. <laughs> So yeah, so you've got Papa Tuanuku and Ranganui, who is the sky. So Papa Tuanuku is the earth. And at the beginning of time, they were pressed together and they ended up having children while they were pressed together. And each one 
tried to pull their parents apart because they were sick of living in the darkness. And so they were trying to like push, push them apart, you know, um, each God, each guardian would try and eventually Tane, Tane, Tane is the guardian of the forest. So what he does is he slide, he lies on his back and pushes his feet up against, um, against Ranganui. And eventually that's how he gets them to separate because everyone else was using their hands and he put his back on the ground and pushed off. And so like the light came in and that changed everything. So wow. I think it's quite beautiful that it was like the split of, you know, of, of sky and earth and like the light finally came in, you know, it's just like, oh, I love it. But this is like the things that my kids learned, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so simple and so lovely. Yeah, mm. that is, is there much mm. of, a, of a folk magic history in New Zealand as well? Yeah, yeah. Or is I it sort so. of embedded I mean, in Maori I, culture in, inextricably? Because yeah. it often is in those cultures, right? It is, yeah. It's it's all part of it. You know, like we, you know, you, you I mean, not all, not every family does it, but we do. You know, we, we say karakia before we have food. So we're like blessing the food and um so there is like an element to it that is even just like in the language and the things that they do everything is very symbolic and very beautiful like the traditional cultural stuff and you know i mean if anyone has watched rugby they know the all blacks and they how they do the 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 haka before they come on the field and when they're doing it you can just feel like this energy from the earth, you know, they're calling up the energy of Papa Tuanuku and, you know, and the gods around them and their guardians and stuff. So even just like in common everyday sort of thing, it's, it exists, which is really beautiful. I think it's, you know, it's just definitely one of the most magical places ever. So, but you do have, um, from what I understand, you do have like specific magical people you know sort of how you have the um brain just stopped <laughs> the, the a shaman yes a shamans. shaman or yeah a shaman or anything like that like you do i forget the name of them um but yeah you do sort of have like those very strong magical people you know that sort of bring um iwis together and you know it's so there's there's a lot to it there really is and a lot of the traditional stuff isn't obviously practiced as much but it's it's still there and i think yeah. what sort of has worked its way into like the normal culture that i've learned about i think is is quite extraordinary to be honest sounds like it <clears throat> uh, like coming from somewhere coming from somewhere who you know where I grew up and we didn't have you know I mean we had a couple Native American tribes around but we didn't know anything about them you know I think that was so important now that you know you sort of learn about where you where you live not even where you come from but where you live yeah I was really grateful to get to interact a lot with the as much as I did with the First Nations culture growing up just through again mm. school school trips that were intentionally designed you know sweat lodges and seven day hikes in the mountains <sighs> like that was and, awesome. and you know there's only one first nations person there the the shaman say slam and and you know he was great um i would always have to find i would always have to convince my mom to let me buy a bag of uh, drum tobacco um <laughs> super nice. weird because i was obviously a good kid like i didn't have my first smoke toes 
24. So there was no doubt that I was doing anything sketchy, but I'd just be like, I need some tobacco. And then on the hikes every year, I'd go up to him at one point, yeah. listening to his, his Walkman in the trees. I'd be like, say, Islam, can I, can I give you some tobacco? And he would just like, be like, ask me to sit down and just, he'd spill the beans. Cause every night we'd be doing the chants nice. around the fires and like the power was so evident, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, sweat lodges are freaking nuts, like 12 hours in the heat with everyone's naked and smoking this knick-knick and tobacco. And you're just, then you, every hour you get out, walk around the hut that you built, like, you know, four day hike into the BC wilderness after a 20 hour drive. You can imagine like, you That's know, crazy. when things go wrong and they do. It's so much fun. Like, well, yeah, it's cool. Well, you're, you're, you're hiking like with 80 pound packs, seven to 15 hours a day one night we had to like we got lost with our guides we got lost on the side of a mountain covered in trees and it was a steep slope and not crazy steep you could walk it no problem but it's like okay uh we're camping here tonight and we all just look around and the one dude just like grabs a rope throws it around the tree wraps his like feet around ties his feet around one side ties his chest around another in a sleeping bag and like that's it and you know, when another guy like gets out a hatchet and hollows out a dead log on the side of the hill and cuts himself a bed and stuff for that, we, we slept hanging from tied to trees. Oh my, that's insane. <laughs> by the, by grade 12 year, I didn't even, by grade 12 year, I didn't even bring a tent. I would just bring a tarp and by nighttime, I would just lay down the tarp, <laughs> lie on it and roll up. Oh, nice. There's another that's truth. Every. Need. Because if you bring a full tent, as long as it's not like torrential flood yeah, or no. something like that, you're fine. <laughs> here's, so I'm really good at, at science and meteorology and nature. So here's a fact: this is science. If you bring a tent, okay. it rains. If you don't bring a tent, it <laughs> weather and Murphy's law go hand in hand. <laughs> I'm I'm talking about true science from nature spirits like this was a scientific law no it's so true oh you know it's true <laughs> but it is true it is absolutely true we do that as well it's like if i have if i've got plasters in the car someone's gonna need one <laughs> so it's just like hmm i know i have my first aid kit but do i do i carry extra plasters with me because i know if i do someone's gonna hurt themselves you know I would bring That's just my rope sense. and sneak <laughs> off to do like, cause I was going through the golden dawn grades at the time. So I would sneak off to do my hour or two of ritual work. And by the grade 12 year, well, the whole school knew I was doing it. They're like, yeah, that seller went off in his robe doing his rituals. But then when people needed something, they'd be like, yo, can you help me? And like, he would do like a four hour ritual, like some Wicca candle magic thing and stuff nice. off in the trees. Like, it was I know they just sort of, yeah, so it, cool. when you're in these small classrooms, that's what this is all coming from folks we're, we're following yeah. the tangents here because we're smarty pantses um, <laughs> when go, you were talking we about go, 12, we go 20, this way and then we go that way and classes, then we go back like you yeah you have to learn to be around people you have to learn to get along you have to learn to find the love for each other because it's four years mm -hmm. together otherwise you're fucked you're so fucked yeah if you can't learn to get along and that's what's going on in the world right now right we got the virus getting because mm, it is, is a real true. virus whether whatever you yes. believe about it like you know i don't want my mom to die Indeed. in the hospital um no one no one wants that for anyone whether no no no, no. however we got this thing yeah so why aren't the yeah. rest of us doing this what's your because you're a channeler you do channeling right Hardcore. i do yeah yeah what is your, i do but channel what's your take 
on our sort of the, the, the fractious gesture as a species we're taking towards this crisis and how we're all handling it. Oh, fuck. Um, all right. That's a big question. I like questions more than answers. <laughs> That's a big we, question. we could just hold the question and uh, let it let it simmer in our souls while we talk. You don't have to answer. Questions oh. are better than answers, aren't they? Questions are better than answers, but I'm scared of the answer because I feel like I've known the answer for a long time. I think we all do. I think that's what Kierkegaard <laughs> meant by fear and trembling. And, it's like, oh, oh you know, I know what it means, but it's just like, I'm, on, I'm all for it. I'm all good. You know, I, I think... I think we are, I mean, every, let's, okay, let's take a step back, take a step back. My view of the world and what I, what I've come to understand, whether or not I am in, you know, a space where I can channel a place that I'm flowing in, into whatever is going on in life, day-to-day -day shit, everything is secular. And we go back into history and we see shifts in the planet we see shifts in in things okay i'm starting to channel shit so <laughs> should i just well, go I, no i'm i'm not go? i'm not doing any kind of meditative or anything, <laughs> or anything on the astral plane whatsoever not at all all right um yeah, no, mine just comes, it just comes and goes. I don't have to actually go anywhere or do anything. We, we wouldn't um, want to form some sort of spiritual connection here where we're both putting voice to the spiritus mundi, you know? That's not what people are here anyway, for. Anyway, I hearing, know, hearing I know. Stories of, uh, yeah, no, uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I smoked a bowl and had a shot of tequila because I didn't expect we were going to do this. And then when you were like, <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> I can just say no I can just say no and just be like no not right now I'll say no not right now I'll get it later I'm sure I'll get it later because I can feel it coming down my arms <laughs> yeah um, do you feel energy very strongly yeah. like uh, like to me it's like very strong ocean all the time but, uh, I can, but I've gotten oh over the over the yeah. decades I've gotten good enough to like I can turn it off um, I can just not pay attention. Yeah, good. But if I pay attention to it, yeah, it's like no, more prevalent than the physical reality around me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been able to like, oh my God, the last, I would say the last month, I've really felt like all the energy, like I can usually my my energy like my energy body outside of myself like the extension of my nervous system is basically like a foot off of my arm right now and it's just like I can feel that everything feels so so real you know um you know you oh, touch a plant and you can just feel its heartbeat oh, and yeah. you can feel that you know it's just like Jesus Christ so it's just like this constant you know yeah it's constant on those but, crazy hikes, I would like, practice pulling energy out of plants all the time because I was so out of shape oh. and I couldn't handle it. And I was just like <laughs> sucking. I was just a magnet sucking all the energy from everyone around me. Of course, all then the trees are like, motherfucker, get away from All me. the cool kids there are like having no problems carrying some other weak kids' bags and smoking cigarettes. And you're just like, some people are just <laughs> superior. 
<laughs> stopped doing sports at, at the growth spurt age because I was the best. And then the growth spurts kicked in. It's like, yeah, I'm just too short. <laughs> These guys are six <laughs> foot five. Yeah, <laughs> six totally. foot five. I might be more coordinated, smarter, and faster, <laughs> totally. but I'm five foot five in grade 10 or 11. Five foot five, I think. <laughs> uh, like, I, I grew up a lot when I was 18, 19. I was like, I was like five, five or five, six yeah. when I was like in eighth grade. <laughs> it yeah. was like, yeah, basketball, you, baby. You just and can't like, run growing. faster. And it anymore. was just like, oh. There was no way I could run faster <laughs> than my friends. It didn't matter what I did. There was no way. No. Too small. And it gets worse. It just gets worse. Oh, yeah. Like, I love going on hikes, but yeah, I'm all about hugging those trees, man, because yeah, you hit your 40s too. And it's just like, oof. <laughs> like, I can feel that. Dude, two I months. I can totally feel two that. Two months for me. I'm in the countdown. What? Until 60, you're 40? Yeah, 60 days. What? Nice. Any advice? What's that? Any advice? You need advice. Do you have any advice? Is that what you said? Do you, yeah, oh, do you have any advice? To turn, to, to <laughs> do I have advice on turning 40? Before you turn 40, what should you do? If you had oh, 60 before days you left turn of 40. 30, this is sort of a, a form of microcosmic dispensationalist thought where you think you have to do certain things in certain decades at certain <laughs> ages i mean it's also artificial right it's essentially like it the is. tree of life the tree of life it isn't is. it's something we just slapped over top of a wall and the wall is nature and mm -hmm. we laid this glyph on it and said hey this is let's this is, nature. <laughs> this is the universe but these are i think about that a lot the artificial constructs we create to understand nature in all her you know physical and psychedelic forms and spiritual reality is potentially and maybe necessarily so different from how we perceive it yet the way we perceive yeah. it or like the spiritualist movement according to sabrina scott told me like there's no wrong impressions there's just wrong interpretations oh yeah oh there's filtered interpretations that makes sense right well, everyone has a filtered interpretation yeah yeah, philosophers would say all there is is interpretation, right? This infinite chessboard yeah. moves that may not end in an ultimate reality, or maybe the infin infinitude of op possibility is the reality. Hmm. Right, reality could be the change. It's only us not giving change an ontological value, but saying that soul or spirit or heaven and hell exists. Right? Why can't change yeah. exist? Why can't that 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 fundamentum be change or transformation or 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 pixies? Because people are scared of it. Well, People's human natures just... are scared of movement. They're scared mm. of change. They're scared of that. Everything has to remain static to make sense of it. Like when a non-tarot reader on... sees the death card, they're like, "Oh shit!" And when a tarot reader <laughs> sees the death card, they're like, "Awesome." So we're big my friend am i wrong <laughs> i like when i see exactly. the death card come with my reading i, I take such card, a I'm sigh like, of relief i'm like oh thank god like that is such a i'm like osiris Good. isn't it that's done <laughs> that's done i'm that's ready done. for some rebirth <laughs> fuck exactly like that's what we're with that shit yeah like like we're we're that's the problem us in lockdown can't see the death card we just we're we're still oh, no. dying we're, we're dying and dying yep. is much worse than death yeah because you're just it's seeing like everything it's go like away. The, what is it the, love. <laughs> it's like the nine of swords 
It's just like you wake up yeah. with a migraine again and again and again and again. Yeah, the night <sighs> is like you're fucked, bitch. But though Arissa Victor, Danny Rainbow, <laughs> said that there's some positive sides to that, and I believe she and I actually recorded what oh, she was yeah. saying in a tarot reading that I have available somewhere, where she did a tarot read. We were doing tarot nice. readings at a magic class in California, and she said that she had from her teacher, who was of course Paul Foster Case's protege. And she was his like some other insights on that i'm like well that's fucking cool um nice i should, I should go back and look at what those are now, do, yeah. you, do you do tarot much that's cool oh uh, yeah all the time okay really what's your <laughs> favorite decks all the time oh favorite decks um the one that gets the most use is the the radiant wider rider weight for me which is super simple, super, super simple, but it's like that really basic, easy to see. Cause I'm, yeah. I actually just, I just ordered two decks just look of that. At the old school symbology. They're just, just I ordered oh, two decks. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But I only paid $2 yeah, each for them and ordered them from gosh. China. <gasps> All right. They're going to be tiny. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> They're going to be tiny. I need, I need them. I need what them. What did I get? I actually. I'm trying to figure out this geometric formulation of them that recently got revealed as being behind their intention as given from welsh mythology by wb yates to right to what? a weight yeah so it turns out that the rider weight deck would more accurately what? be called the yates smith deck so yates had was oh. one of the most famous people on the planet and ae weight was yeah. sort of this you know his brother he was just the publisher but, right he, he had time and energy yates was busy like saving the his country and doing everything else you could imagine, <laughs> crazy Gemini. And so he's like, he's like, I think you should use the Welsh mythology and have it, the cards form a narrative geometric structure. And the Yates family archivist and head of the, the Secretary of Theosophical Society of Ireland, Roger Parasus, did a lecture in the 80s that just got released this year on YouTube by Adam McLean, the English alchemist bro. And uh, that lecture's mind-blowingly transformed it's at a conference on the golden dawn by r.a gilbert and so no one's like no one's gotten a chance to really address this yes and, no, and it's only got a couple hundred views but i've heard mm. half that's probably me um uh listening to it over and over because it's phenomenal it's, nice. it's uh sandra Tab tabitha Ch cicero um she in her 87 lecture in london uh talked about it being drawn from the parsival myth of wolfram von eschenbach Right, which is the best we knew at the time. And that was insightful, the seeing that it had a the grail myth endemic to it. But it now we know yeah. why there was these the four elemental weapons on the original rider weight are the gems of Ireland, the four magical tools, the cauldron, the stone, the spear, and the sword. That got changed with the Regardi Wang deck to the Golden Dawn magical tools. Why were those original tools the yeah. gems of Ireland? Because Yates and Mathers were planning on basing the Golden Dawn actually on Irish mythology instead of oh. Egyptian. But they couldn't work out the god forms and the colors and the tools. And the Egyptian was clear as day. It was made for that. It was yeah. So yeah, absolutely. They sidelined the Celtic mysteries and those god forms. And, and Yeats then took the Welsh mythology of Parsifal and gave it to Wait. So we haven't gotten a time, chance to revise our theories based on this new information. But mainly there's a geometric structure that this narrative forms and I want to figure it out. So I'm going to make a wall chart. I'm going to tape all the, I got two of these decks so I can mess around with them. And I'm going to figure this out. Because yeah. I'd rather someone smarter than me Where did you just told me. Yeah. 
I'm all just like, baby. where? Where do I find I'm this? I'm researching out? This the weirdest stuff so. all the time. You know, I don't I don't See, study this is, this mainstream is... books. That's what the great thing about completing the book. I'm just like, bring it, bring magic. it, bring it. Yes, is, yes. Yeah. Yes. So if you complete a, a school of magic, you don't need books anymore. Because like I can do enough magic no. for like I don't know that much, but I can do anything is the way I see it. I don't really know that. Yeah. Much. I'm not an expert on grimoires or this or that. You I mean, don't have to be. You don't have to be. There isn't like I know how to take whatever I'm given and turn it into an amazing ritual. That's the tool you get yes. doing magical training yes. like the Golden Dawn. And that's what you should get. If you're getting something else, you're in the wrong group. And but if you're like I don't have any training, to yeah. be honest. I don't have any training. Like well you don't need it. I don't know any of that. No no one needs and it's, training it's one unless of those they things. want to study the things no. they're training, right? Like, yeah. Like, if you're studying Kabbalah, you gotta learn Kabbalah. Yes, exactly. But absolutely, you don't need training. You gotta learn it. No, no. uh, What's the phrase? That you're God-given, right? That that you're at the (laughs) vanguard of. That you're at the vanguard of. So the way I see channelers and psychics and all all uh, all of us woo-woo folk are the vanguard of of stuff that science hasn't even begun to figure out like there's no real answers on dreaming or intuition no that's still the realm of philosophy almost like they've we've made some headway in the 20 20 20th century but not that much right still we often end up winding back into philosophy and psycho psychoanalysis but it's like i want scientific Mm -hmm. answers on dreams Uh, why why do i dream things that come to pass to a t that's fucked Absolutely. up why are we not Absolutely. studying because it says a lot i think we're trying to actually take the back door through dark matter i think that might be well, what's going on it's too complicated for us to understand it until we understand reality better and we won't understand reality better until we can see dark matter no, i I think, I think there's absolutely like the, the psychic thing because I see different colors around people. Like I just immediately will just be like, you are very yellow right there today. You know, it's like, I don't see it, but I perceive it. You you see or feel better. I feel, I feel, you know, I see a lot. Like I see things that have to trigger my attention to like shift me somewhere else. Um, But it's not like, you know, it's, it's sort of those things in the corners of your eyes that like, oh, oh shit, I should be focused here. You know, it's like, you sort of just follow that. But what I, I, I feel and I perceive more than I see. But when I do see things, it's, be, I always think it's, there's like scientific reasons behind all of this, you know, whether or not, you know, a brain is formed differently, whether or not you perceive a different frequency of light than somebody else because my dog doesn't see the same things I do you know <laughs> I mean when you look at it that way it's like okay maybe the cones in my eyes are shaped differently than this guy's you know so maybe I just see these different things like the scientific reasons behind it like the biological reasons behind it but also you start to look at like the transpersonal psychology part of it which I think really needs to have a lot more a lot more work done with it I think that is fascinating like they actually will go into like you know the premonitions and you know having out-of-body experiences and they start to understand they're starting to understand a little bit but obviously people that I know in the very hardcore scientific community are just like yeah no not so much like they're not looking at it from the same perspective 
I asked my. So there's a there is a lot. What would you say if someone said they saw light shining around everyone's bodies? You'd say I'd say that person needs to be put in a mental hospital and seriously. <laughs> this is a philosophy professor. Exactly. I spent the rest of the exactly. semester walking by the classroom window, waving to him <laughs> as I walked down to the gym. You say, you're looking I, really yellow yeah. today. <laughs> I, I took the test. I just took the test for the class. I didn't go back to that class. I was like, mm. and he was, but he was plainly out of the Anglo-American tradition of philosophy, right? Which is also called um, analytical. And that's becoming trendy again yes, for a long time. Yes. It was the continental uh, school that was popular. And that's okay. These things fluctuate. One thing people forget is they're all philosophers. They're just talking about yeah. ideas, right? To, and yep, that, those ideas absolutely. can guide us to profound revelations. Um, yeah. But. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you get schools of thought, which leads into ideology. And then you get this barrier of, of learning and knowledge. Like Rudolf Steiner was hardcore into developing occultism as a science and the science could yeah. have adopted it more like science did with alchemy, right? And just took over. Alche yes. Chemistry took over alchemy, became yes. what it was meant to be. And then, but fragmented off certain parts of it that it didn't know how to deal with spirituality and such. And that's okay. Yeah. Cause that's what occultists are here for, where they're here to pick up the scraps of, of the society and, and uh, sift through them mm -hmm. for gold or, transform them into it if we can't you know and need to exactly and and things, exactly things, intuition honest. sensitivity like this is not something that's actually that fringe it's something that the mainstream society doesn't want us talking about like they don't want us talking about psychic spies no no they don't want people to know that they can actually do that you know when you give people like i think everyone has that that innate gift to be able to do the things that quote unquote magical people do. I totally did air quotes when I said that, that was great. That's awesome. um, <laughs> like sorting, yeah, air quotes. Um, yeah, I think that everyone has that skill. Everyone is born with it. Everyone well, is born Steiner with thought. it. They have, Steiner yeah, I can. They're super sensitive, yeah. but they go a bit further than you thought they did. Absolutely. And, and it's not just those senses, it's other senses as well. You know, there are other senses that people haven't even picked up on that they, that they recognize that they have the abilities to do that. You know, it is the sight, it is, you know, seeing different colors and, and having, you know, different hearing, you can hear things on different levels, you know, I can, you know, all of that. It's I really, think um, because I didn't, as much I don't as me read when, when you hear a voice in your head, but you can definitely tell it's not your own thoughts. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. And I know who they are. <laughs> I know who they are too. Yeah. If people tell, if I tell people like on an everyday basis, yes, I still talk to my dead dad and I still talk to a very, you know, one of my best friends who passed away, you know, in the nineties we still have conversations you know i mean people would think i'm absolutely bonkers absolutely fucking nuts but everyone has this distinct other voice inside of them as well that they just you know they push it into the shadow you know i mean there's you know, i don't want to know i don't want to hear it um but again i think it is innate and i think it's primal I think it's part of how we are raised and how we are conditioned and, and brainwashed into believing that we aren't special. 
like in so, so many different ways, but it's, um, you know, I had the experience. So growing up in a really small town, I was surrounded by forests and woods and trees and nature. And, and I spent a lot of time outside when I was a kid. So, you know, I, you know, being wide open like that as a kid and, you know, being next to this stream and being in nature and just being able to sort of have my own time to explore, you know, it was, you know, early eighties in a remote small town. We don't have these like big play groups that we have nowadays, you know, childhood oh, yeah. was so much different. I could so ride my big different. wheel to the corner store in like in 83, 84. Totally. I could my big wheel. <laughs> I'd like take off two blocks, go to the corner store, go to where they have the single candies, hide them in my sock and, and then walk out and be <laughs> exactly we used to ride our but yeah we used to ride our bikes to like the little general store and got like sandwiches you know and then rode back you know we're always doing stuff like that and yeah honestly we i lived on a dead end street there was no one across the street from us it was just like only one side was developed there was a stream behind our house you know with these huge rocks and these you know it's just it was an amazing place to grow up yeah Mine being a- open like that you know you don't you don't fall into that sort of that mind numbing conditioning you know when you're out in nature like that you're you're one you're you are nature you are part of nature well you, you know and you stay open and rocks and branches like yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not saying nature's your toys i'm saying we turned these things like we made our toys we did absolutely yeah absolutely i i would walk into like this little grove and be like this is my house there's my there's my living room here's my bedroom my kitchen's gonna be over here you know and it would totally just form these places in these different areas and and that was my that was my play you know so you just sort of use your imagination a lot more and and you're there and you're present and you know in grade one we got into this whole assassin thing with our class and so all the kids i think the girls started it too well there's only three boys so and we would sharpen like a little piece of wood into little knives on rocks and run around like stabbing each other which you think is like unsafe but it was really just you know just good imaginative fun we had little armies and wars this is our version of girls get the boys or boys but the scary thing was the girls (laughs) were scarier because they would stab you they'd fucking stab you and this is the 80s so like you know like the teachers didn't mind us playing this game but if you said a bad word you'd get your mouth washed out out with soap like so people don't need to understand (laughs) the context for these times no no it's yeah Oh, oh, the different eras. Oh, the different times. Oh, it's so good though. I, I I do that's another thing I do like about where we live currently. It's like we live I live two kilometers from the city, like from Wellington C B D. And yet there are parks everywhere. You know, there's all this wilderness and all of these places that we can go and you know, my kids can, you know, even when they go to their dad's house, it's just like there's just huge amount of bush in front of the house you know it's just like just outside (laughs) just go and I want to go explore you know I mean it's so nice to be able to do that so nice to be able to do that this day and age different era yeah the 80s were so different yeah it was uh the age of the Celestine prophecy or was that the 90s 
That was the nineties. Do you have a? Um, that was the nineties. You have primary relationships with different spirits, right? Like for me, a lot of my main relationships are with like angels or archangels, you know, because in the Golden Dawn, we, nice. have, we develop our relationships with the four archangels we use in the LPRP. And then that's the basis. Okay. So, you, you know, as, and then all the fairy spirits, the undines, salamander, gnomes, and sylphs, those are the fairy kingdoms. So you develop oh. these strong relationships with the four archangels and the fairy realms. A lot of people don't have this perspective of the Golden Dawn because they just read about it in books. And that's a very different thing than actually yeah. experiencing oh, that's nice. the regular daily rituals that make up your practice. Um, mm -hmm. What are you, how did you develop those primary relationships and how do you keep them going? Are you, are you into really having one. altars for spirits and feeding them with your energy? Because that's one thing that I think <laughs> people are starting to realize is that the spirits want to engage with us and they yeah. want to interact with our energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, well, I can't say I don't. I used to work with specific deities because my, so my original practice, like when I started practicing, it was in the early nineties and all of the books were about Wicca. So you learn all of the Wicca and all of the things, you know, cause even though I'd been doing magic since I was a little kid and doing all of this stuff and channeling since I was like really small, it wasn't until like early teens that I was like, hmm, I guess it's Wicca. So I started using that practice um which i still use quite a bit of it um like on my altars and stuff but i i'd only worked with a couple specific deities um so it was like the the modigan and i had she was probably my she's been my main one most of my life wow so and just working with her just in this very you know like i always felt like she had my back like she always had, I always had that sort of energy with me. Like something always has my back. And she's a good so one I would it. work with her. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So it was just, it was that for a long time. And she does sort of come up every once in a while, but I don't work with her very often. It's like, I know it's there, that energy that, 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 that deity holds is there. So what I do is I focus on the energy versus the label for it. So if I'm out in, in the forest or out in the bush or something, and I'll just be sitting there and I can feel energy. And I know like it would be what's considered like fairy energy, but I don't give it the label. You know, I just sort of understand it and feel it. So it's, it's a bit different than just working with like this, again, that static image of, you know, here's mother Mary. I, you know, I still, I still have a picture of Jesus in my room, but that's a different story. <laughs> so it's He's like, a sexy guy. You know, are, he totally is. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's like the Da Vinci painting of him. Like it. So it's like the, anyway. that's, that's super hot. <laughs> it's just like, I like that. And I found the little picture at an op shop. You were coming home with me. So there's a reason why nuns have crucifixes in their bedrooms. <laughs> You got to remember these, these are women who were married to Jesus and were encouraged to explore that marriage in all its forms and write about in their diaries, which is why we have tons of nuns journals, which are basically I erotic. I love novels. that. Yeah, it's I true. We have tons that. of this stuff. It's in, so brilliant. In all history. We have it. It's, so <laughs> yeah, it's 
so do you think when they're when they're when they're using their crucifixes you know do they do they call it to god or do they call it to jesus well it's their <laughs> husband jesus they're not married to god they're married to jesus yeah but in most fact, of the time it, we say oh god oh right <laughs> i think we say jesus christ a lot <laughs> right. i don't know fair enough With, you know there's no no one's been single people have been fucked since lockdown so there's no sex happening maybe actually <laughs> oh, that's what's sorry. causing i i was i'm wondering how much of this that's re, all re, the angst. how much of this locking down <laughs> is due to tinder <laughs> oh my god i was absolutely gutted it was i think it was during our lockdown that india went into lockdown and a friend of mine messaged me so he's from india but he got he got quote unquote stuck i did the quotes again <laughs> he got stuck here in new zealand and he and I met on Bumble and we were chatting. We're like, yeah, we're going to go hike and da, 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 do all this stuff. And then he just got stuck on the South Island. But he told me that India had to literally shut down Tinder. Like there was, uh, no, they just, they, it was just done. Oh <laughs> like my God. I have to, Tinder. I have like, to tease my buddies ooh. in India about this. <laughs> Shit. I was like, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> I was a while ago. I don't know if it's gone back up or not, but I thought that was hilarious. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, so, but so, yeah, well, here they're saying the problem is uh, in, in British Columbia, they're saying the problem is old people just going, meh, fuck it. And like, uh, you know, I tried to stay yeah. socially distanced from Granny Rainbow, but she would charge me and give me a hug. And it's like, can I like look at, you know, and I'm like, you can't, and they're just like, this is bad, this is bad. And she's just like, oh. She's like, she's, she won't hear it. She won't fucking hear it. This is a woman who like literally no. used to hang out with no. Ferlinghetti. So like, you know, she's not. Because how old is she? She's 82. Yeah. She's a beatnik. She I was, was going to say Francisco she's like at least, beatnik. oh, I thought. And she was also. I thought like, she was like in her 70s. 82, vascular oh. dementia. So if she doesn't keep moving around. She has bad mental days um, and she'll forget things. Oh. And like, yeah. Uh, that, but so you know, she needs people around. She does, you know, she's got to have somebody. Yeah, but you know she's un- yeah. Unfortunately, she's in. Uh, you know, oh, that sucks. Yeah, well, I talked to her daughter the other day, who's busy perceiving dark matter. Finally, thank God. So, they're they're they've both done they're both doing amazing things with their lives, and and uh, and they're amazing. Very nice. It's all worthwhile, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's a hard thing. Like I, you know, we did our seven weeks of lockdown like we did it we started in march i think it was like the end yeah actually it started on autumn equinox they announced it they're like right we're going into lockdown and so all of autumn we were in lockdown and i remember how i because of the situation that i'm in so i live a couple houses away from my ex slash co-parent so we live on the same street is this to so do with the twin mom's my thing? house yeah the twin mom's thing no what do you mean on instagram it says you're a twin mom i am yeah so i've got Are twins a mom to twin okay i was so cute <laughs> you had, like kids with your twin I've got like, and it was like a soulmate thing with some no. spiritual I, I was ready for anything i mean you're a channel no like, no i just i i have kids and they're twins so they're gonna be eight next month that's so they're, cool they're, they're rad they're are so they rad. uh what kind are they are they boys girls identical 
identical boys <laughs> identical boys but completely different kids my favorite thing is, different is, is twins where one's white and one's oh. like black or one's that's you so know because cool. well, i've I seen was, them we were... and you're just like whoa dudes that's hardcore and they're like yeah right <laughs> they're like we know and i'm that's like <laughs> they're probably like yeah we get told this you like six times yeah. a day dude <laughs> i mean so you're not gonna need anyone to tell you you're special the rest of your life just looking, oh, looking totally. you, you fucking know it the streets know it totally Jesus, so yeah so, so yeah i've got how old are eight-year-old they? twins eight. they're yeah. gonna be they'll be eight next month um they <laughs> were <laughs> so they're identical but they were supposed to be fraternal are they capricorn and the likely no, they're Sagittarius. Oh, I'd be a couple socialites. <laughs> oh yeah. Or professors. So, Hopefully the former. Is, my ex, my ex is a uh, Sagittarius as well. So it's like the four of or the three of them are all Sagittariuses. And then to make it even better, I am a dragon. Um, and like a Chinese zodiac dragon. I'm a, what am I? A fire dragon? Yeah, I'm a fire dragon. My ex is a fire dragon because he was born the same year. And now our kids are water dragons. So, and also water dragons are the Tanifa of New Zealand, <laughs> which are also, and then not to mention that they were born on the 13th of December, 2012. I was pushing, 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 pushing to get them out at... 12 12 12 wow. and they ended up being born on the 13th of the 12th of the 12th at like 2 a.m so here it was the 13th everywhere else in the world it was 12 12 12 hey, identical twin boys if you're, well, that's, that's 36 <laughs> right which is a nine and if you're into cavalarian numerology a nine's not good that's strife and hardship now now they're a 10 or a one that that's a little better right for birth path did I lose you? Oh, okay. I think I hit something. I think we're I back. hit a mute button on the on the phone. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. Dun, dun, Enough dun. hitting buttons. And <laughs> I was saying uh, their birth path in Kabbalarian numerology. I'm not a fan of Kabbalarian numerology. I'm not actually a fan of numerology or gematria that much at all. No. Cavalarian numerology was made to sound like what's the difference? With, well, it has nothing to do with Kabbalah. They just took this name that sounded similar yeah. and then ran with it, and then used some old forms of basic numerology, like you know a a a b c d, and then one through nine, and just repeat the cycle, and then you add up vowels on the top, consonants oh. on the bottoms. You know, like yeah, I have three uh, yeah, vowels in my name. Like I, I got the ideal name, which is what you wanted, which is what my mom kept changing it for. So my, I have three vowels. They're all, <laughs> that's all five. That's 15, which is 16 or, fi or 15, which is six. And that's a six. And then the consonants equal two and those six and two equal eight. And a oh six to eight is ideal for men. Right. And there's a different number ideal for women. So they want everyone in the world to change their name to those ideal numbers. And, you know, as I got older, hit 12, 13, 14, 15, I was like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this one. Am yeah. Like, you can change your name back when you're an adult. Oh, seriously? <laughs> well, I was a, I was sort of a depressed, suicidal teen after my parents divorced. <laughs> and they got into the goth stuff and the vampire stuff. And I was like, 
so oh, yeah. to die. And she's like, well, all we need to do now is change your name and everything will be fine. And uh, obviously oh I'm joking, gosh. sort of, but like that was part of the process. <laughs> um, you know, we got into Wicca Far out. And stuff like that out of Transcendental Meditation. Yes. It was what we were raised and we went to Wicca. And then I, then I found the Golden Dawn at 15 and that just sort of gave me nice. purpose in my life, you know, and structure. Yeah. See, I didn't find half of that stuff until I was like in my 30s. Barbara like I was so just... Barbara Ann Brennan. Who's Barbara Ann Brennan? I found her Are you going to kill me for saying, for saying... Barbara Ann Brennan wrote a book called Hands, Hands of Light. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hands of Light. It's, I think, one of the best manual instruction books for developing your psychical senses. And then oh, I got nice. some advice, which was, if you're having trouble seeing energy, focus on your primary sense. So if you're a feeler, the better you get back at better you get at feeling, the better you'll get at seeing energy because your secondary mm -hmm. senses develop beneath and along with your primary sense, but you can't develop them by training them in themselves. You develop them by training your primary sense and just sort of rising up that middle pillar of consciousness of your Kundalini or whatever. Yeah. So Powers. what's your primary? Oh, definitely feeling, definitely feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like there was, like when I was just growing up, there was, you know, I didn't, my mom was an astrologer, but we didn't grow up like around in a psychic culture really so much. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess we did, but we didn't, but there was just, you know, I would, I would know who called on the phone. I could roll a dice and say what number it would be, mm -hmm. like that sort of shit. Um, and yeah, yeah, just like, as psychical a life as you could have like like this kid needs training or he's in trouble yes like, so that's I, good I that kids. that's that's the route that you went though because in that sort of situation if i had you know if anyone else goes through that they're just like yeah you need medication yeah instead of actually looking at it for for what it is Exactly. I was really and, lucky. Yeah. Mom was like, well, maybe you're meant to like, you know, like, <laughs> just like, you know, you know, she, she mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was, I was lucky. So lucky to be in Waldorf from kindergarten anyway and all that stuff. Like, you know, it's a yeah. school that doesn't teach what it <sighs> believes. It, it doesn't teach what it believes at all, but some of the teachers slip in no. here and there, like, you know, when they can. Yeah, but it's mainly about it's really learning. it's really amazing. Yeah, so we here in New Zealand, we have um, I mean, we have some Steiner schools here. Um, there's only like one in Wellington, I think. And I would have loved to bring my kids there because I think they're both super, super gifted. They're super, super onto it. Um, I think, yeah, one of the boys when he was about six, we were going to like a little bike park and we're driving there and He's just like, oh, so-and-so is going to be there. And I'm like, oh, really? Did you make plans or something that I don't know about? And, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. She does live near there. You know, we'll see if she, we see her. And then with, within like 10 minutes of us getting there, she rocked up. It was just like, oh, okay, gotcha. But to be able to give that to them, you know, or at least to be open to that, I think so many kids would, would oh, they would so benefit there was so much benefit from that. Um, 
just that sort of open discussion, you know, I think going back to like how I grew up, I think that had that big part in why I stayed, why I stayed as open as I've been is just being in nature and being able to just play in nature. It just makes such a huge difference. Really, really does. And yeah, like the, the Waldorf schools here, like they've got, you know, they've got like Mondays, we're just going to go out into the forest for the whole day. It's just like, (laughs) can I go there? Like, I know I'm too old, but maybe I can become a teacher. (laughs) I just want to spend my time like that. That'd be great. Yeah. So how old were you? So you, did you go for like most of your, um, most of your education? Yeah. Um, I, I never public school my entire life oh, I, nice. like, like the movies are fa- I have a special fascination with like high school movies and I think it's because like <laughs> it's it's like it's like being Jane Goodall I'm so like good. what is going on with these monkeys <laughs> like, it is how, so true like how is this a thing how is most of the world doing okay. this I didn't understand it <clears throat> like no. Everyone's like crying no. in gym class, and we're I'm I'm there doing a two hours of yoga three times a week with all the <laughs> cute, cute kids because all the hot kids did yoga, and nice. I did it because I didn't like running laps because who likes running laps? Oh hell no! Like we're gonna run laps today, kids. And it's like, are you ill? Like, what? It's like no, no. I like yeah. playing murder ball. Murder ball was fun. You get in a gym and you hit what balls. What is murder ball? You hit ball, a bouncy, hard, like tether balls with your knuckles against walls and try and bounce them into kids and get them out. It was brutal. There was blood everywhere. Oh, wow. Anytime it rained, we got to play that. Murder ball. It, yeah. like, it was usually just uh, grade six, seven, and eight, though. It was vicious. Kids would go crazy. But yeah, it was the 80s, <laughs> 90s. Exactly. It was yeah. a different era. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, I won't, my parents would drop us off from at school and they'd be like, see you at dinner, maybe. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you figure shit out. Just figure shit out. You'll be fine. You're on your own. <laughs> you got to figure shit out. You're growing up and you got to learn to live in this world. And that was that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. We, we discovered Dungeons and Dragons and, and started a coven. <laughs> nice. <laughs> leave the kids to their own devices oh watch out <laughs> we we, oh, we awesome. tested our psych psychism <coughs> all of us did we tested it we didn't just take it for granted we didn't believe mm. that every thought that came into our head was true we would test ourselves and keep yes. track like one through ten this experiment one through ten we keep notes and pages of notes for years and years and we got better at Wicked. it like me and my sister That's got so very cool. very good at being able to like in nine, you know, 99% at, at getting a number in the other person's head. Oh, that's and so then cool. I started reading Franz Barden and learning how to distract the conscious mind while you could put in it, go behind it. So we would do games like project the number you want the person to see, but then think behind of the number you are actually thinking. And you can feel your senses start to expand and you start to stretch and you're like, mm. what is going on here? Does that, I can't say this to most people, but if we can't say it here, then then we then we were too full of fears so yeah <laughs> what do you, what's does that make do i sound crazy when i say that no 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 not at all no totally not totally psychic, not crazy psychic stretching is a weird thing isn't it it is it, it is feels really like you weird. can pull a muscle and then not be able to use it for a while <laughs> totally. 
right? We started. I, I like you've I, abused I the muscle. I feel I've been able to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I gotta take it easy. <laughs> it's just like I'm just gonna go slowly here. We were doing something very similar to that um, last year, and I I was going to a group that would meet probably, I think it was like every fortnight we would meet up and it was at this woman's house who, who definitely became her and her partner were definitely my mentors, you know, in, in like the probably last five years that I've been practicing and sort of coming out and all of that stuff. And we were doing something very similar and, um, you know, sort of teaching ourselves how to like extend our energies. Like, yes, we can, we could push our energy out into like our sphere into our ball no problem but to actually like direct it into like one like a tube is how I would imagine it you know direct our energy into like a little tube that would go out through the wall and see myself from the other side you know you'd go into that meditation where you sort of just like okay I'm focusing my energy and you can just you could feel it yeah. you know you can just feel it coming from your solar plexus it's like this is absolutely freaking weird you know <laughs> and then you sort of get to a point where you're like ah <laughs> it's like overstretching a physical muscle it's the same sort of thing where it's just like I'm not ready for that but just being able I, I love that kind of stuff so it doesn't sound crazy at all good definitely doesn't sound crazy yeah and you know I, I don't know the the answers but I'm just so curious to see where it all goes i mean it does feel like there's mm. kind of a spiritual war going on and we're not pursuing yeah. understanding the subtle layers of consciousness and mind that we're, we're trying in certain fields i think uh, ai is doing some crazy stuff um but i'm not sure if it's a friend or an yeah. enemy or how we're going to use it like augmented reality when you have when we all have contacts and glasses my buddy works with a ceo who is part of a company they've been in developing the contacts for ai for years like so they're gonna hit oh eventually. that's freaky. and like oh yeah i i asked i said well why is um oculus the the vr headset such a big thing he's like oh there's a time gap they know they could fill it with this product even while they're working on the way more advanced one because we're going to have contacts on and you know people who want to appear if you want everything and everyone to appear as like world of warcraft then you could hit that switch right if you want Jeez. to live in a world where magics and fairies are flying around then that could be your reality you'll still see buses and cars and hopefully not down the street right but run into them you know, <laughs> you know your virtual assistants you can call and they appear in your vision and that's that could be a friend or an enemy to spirituality and there does feel like there's a spiritual war going on then i'm curious about a psychics psychics's impressions of that channelers spiritual people who are listening to the subtle vibe of nature i think i think again it goes back to the idea that you know what you don't need the virtual shit you can do it already you can absolutely do it already if you want to see fairies walking with you you just need to tune into what's there rudolf steiner said imagination it. was a human faculty it is and we're human might as well use it yeah well, it's sort of been downgraded you in know? its value, right? And how we think of it. Oh, you're just imagining something. It's like imagine. Or am I just? Am I, is it? Is it? Oh, you're just imagining that, or is it? Oh, you're imagining that. Like you know. Oh uh, yeah, 
but that's how you focus that's how you work on your vis- your visualizations though as well well, and you know, so you know, if it's your imagination. So, so if your imagination is a, is a, is the, like the figment of your mind. And I'm then you're not it's feeling not the, the energy of your mind. I'm saying it's a faculty that manipulates reality and that we oh. aren't accepting its true power. No, I actually, no, I agree with you. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Israel Rigardi. I think the best thing he ever, his major, his biggest contribution, I think, is just saying, pointing, reminding us that that everything is the best faculties are will and imagination. And New Thought ran mm-hmm. with that into the New Age. So clearly he was right. Yeah. And we have, it, we yeah. accepted it with like the secret, which is an adaptation of it. The Kabbalion is an early adaptation of, of the same magical principles of will and imagination. The secret, the book. The book yeah. the secret well that, yeah now it's now it's a franchise right like but it's all that same magical principle they just they just popularized a fundamental occult yeah secret which yeah. is which is sort of great right because you know it, i mean when it when yeah i i i am not i you know if people do that sort of thing where they bring these ideas into like the mainstream sweet i think that's great I think it opens up doors for people. I think it's great. But I didn't know it was, yeah. I don't know much beyond it, beyond that. Yeah, no. I, the, I didn't, the, I don't the, think the, I've read it, but I know the concept behind it. Very useful. Um, I find the fluffy <laughs> interpretations, like they, they give people a big idea, but it's the secret version is sort of like, to me, it's like pointing at, at like those like muscle dudes or Captain American being like, looking like that and being that healthy is great. And you're like, it is great. I'm going to be great too. And then there's no roadmap. They don't tell you, (laughs) oh, and you need to lift these weights and eat this food. And they don't tell you that in the secret. They're just like, this is great. Having everything you want is great. They're like, it is great. Make your vision board. But then there's no tools. (laughs) Tools are what we call magic. They always have been. They've been- Exactly, exactly. To the Akkadians and before. This is shamanic stuff. Yeah exactly you know but it, but at the same time you know it brings it into the wider community which is good so we don't look like such freaks but i you know it's like well vibrating divine just, names and summoning demons still is going to be freaky for a while i'm sure well yeah yeah i still freak people out it's okay <laughs> it's all good so we're what, always going to freak some kind of people out. do you uh, work with and how do you help them what kind of people do I work with in my, you my in my practice. spiritual? Yeah. Yeah. And you work with people um, on how, Zoom and do conferences. I do. Or... Yep. So I was doing I was doing empath conferences for a while during so during lockdown. This is this a lot of this all happened during lockdown. The stuff that I was really into doing that I would really like to continue to do, um, you know, a lot more than I am now. So this was during lockdown when I couldn't work because I work for a photography studio and basically we can't photograph people in the studio and all the schools shut down. So we weren't able to do that. So I had, you know, two months of focusing that energy on that. And so what I was doing was doing an empath group, a Zoom group, which was really lovely. Um, I do now work, you know, face-to-face with people or I do Zoom calls with people 
to um, normally how it works, how I like do a reading is we'll just sit and talk for a little bit, figure out, you know, what things we need to touch upon. And then as they're talking, I can see that their energy shifts when they talk. So it usually will sort of break open something that is a bit more deep seated that needs to come out. So they'll start talking about that and I can see energy shifting around people. And then normally like sort of the, the, what's been going, what's been happening is like at some point, um, whatever energy comes through, I'll let it just speak through me and I'll just, you know, whatever words come out, come out. I don't know what they are half the time. Um, and then usually that'll, you know, people take from that whatever they will um and then we'll do some cards and we'll do all of that so a lot of that we just do either on zoom or like in person so um that's been my main practice and so the people that come they're usually in the spiritual community here or wherever else um you know like online coven groups and things like that um and a lot of the time um i think because of my demeanor and my mannerisms and stuff people find me quite warm and motherly because I'm I'm warm and and I'm I'm a mom so I think they resonate with that like I'm not gonna tell someone that you know you need to just unless they can't get it through their heads you know I'm not just gonna come out and look at the cards be like you just need to get your fucking shit together even though I will tell them that sometimes um Rufus Opus, who I just talked to, he's a famous occultist, uh, for better or for Mm. worse, probably for worse, because, (laughs) I mean, we best operate in shadows, honestly. Um, Yes, um, yes. You know, ironically, I tell people the more an occultist is talking, probably the less magic they're doing, people are like, did you just say that? I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, baby. Yeah, trust me. I look forward to ignoring all you motherfuckers again and getting back to like, five six hour ritual days but in the meantime here we are absolutely here we are absolutely here we are i mean yeah, it's so, just so much easier to teach one-on-one and in person and doing rituals is, is way more interesting is. than talking about this stuff I, I i feel sorry for armchair occultists because as cool as occult books are once you start doing real ritual work they sort of lose all interest it's like yeah. why am i reading this page when i could be doing this thing and exactly i wish we could help yeah when you start working out there who don't have teachers because i i almost gave up i almost gave up i was i was hopeless like i was like if just one if i could find one person who knew their shit just one person they don't have to be perfect just want one person i couldn't find it yeah like for years yeah and then i did which was a fluke a fucking fluke it was it wasn't a fluke it wasn't a fluke it was exactly the person it was supposed to be yes well yeah of course i'm walking my steady path to a glorious destiny <laughs> can See? you hear my enthusiasm well no dude, climbing the mountain is tough <laughs> and my podcast before rufus opus which they were tag team so i did i did a three and a half hour one with a texan q republican head of martinist oh. and golden dawn orders and one of the best human beings i've ever Jeez. known in my entire life who like if there's mm. a guy if you can only have one guy in your on your corner pick that guy pick that guy you know what i'm saying like nice. you know i don't care if there's reptilians or not or if he thinks the queen of england's an evil bitch 
he's the guy <laughs> one of the guys i would have in my corner someone like him or ramsey's and then i talked and he what was the point shit <clears throat> i forget i'm uh, i tangented too hard that's so much air in my throat. <laughs> three signs in aquarius three in aquarius three in libra what's your us uh, your signs signs what's my signs um my yeah, two important ones are that's the pro i always go with it. just like my plural my <laughs> what's your signs hey baby um, what's your signs sun, and then you know sun? oh this guy's for what's you. your sign baby no if, if they just okay. want your one sign which, are, which are rising means they're not interested in you as a person they just want to know what your heart is <laughs> to know if you're easy or not it's like i'm a gemini exactly party time <laughs> when you ask someone's moon sign you're like "Ooh, do i want to know that so sun sign is taurus moon is libra those are See, my two very i'm a dude ones. i don't really care about your moon sign i'm more interested in your mars and mercury <laughs> how do you think i don't know how i'd have to act? look it up am i gonna think you're crazy and illogical that's the question i am I'm crazy joking. i am very logical you're a channeler we, we this was the premise <laughs> I do. I did my 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 birth chart once, and it's in my it's in my book of shadows, just in case I ever need to reference it, because you know, I don't know. It all just again, it's that sort of thing where it's just you know, how, like with numerology, astrology, I can understand a bit more than numerology. Numerology is just like it's like adding up the numbers of someone's phone number you know it just reminds me of something that you did when you were a kid to see if that person you were supposed to date or not I don't know that's really yeah. horrible <laughs> well, yeah. it's like just taking modern numbers and you know yeah it's, it work it's a you. little silly and I think <laughs> the, the the real response if I if I'm being if I'm being responsible here I should be like there's a difference between interpretive numerology like looking for meaning in the numbers of the world which is problematic and then there's yes. magical numerology which is using numbers to cause egregores to build in your brain to focus will and imagination that works yes that works, that works. Well. exactly exactly no i completely agree with that <clears throat> it's just about how you use it um yeah so i am taurus what are you you're aquarius yeah mars and mercury and sun and aquarius and then saturn jupiter and and neptune Uranus and Libra in the 12th. <laughs> I have no uh, idea what any of that means. <laughs> it means I it makes should, me uh, such a bad probably witch. be in an insane <laughs> asylum. It means that, yeah, it means I should be in right. a mental institute. Um, either that or. You know, see, see, it's probably good then that they don't, you know, that psychology doesn't, you know, look at the occult side of things as much if they were to actually read the things. Well, Jung did. You know, Carl Gustav and, Jung. Jung read. Well, well, of course he and did. He wrote a very popular book, Loved that promptly marginalized and almost banned. Right, the red. I book. know. I, he was amazing. Oh, my auntie has a copy of that. She's got like all of his books, like in her library. So every time I go up and visit them, I'm just like, "Hi, I'm just gonna go read." <laughs> it's so nice. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Rudolf Steiner, I think, was ahead of you. Let's have a look. He didn't know how to interpret things. Oh, I've got a tiny little spider. What? I've got a tiny little spider in my book of shadows. Oh, my God. Oh. Anansi, save us. Right. So what did you need to know? 
I've got my thing. I've got my oh. book. Oh, yeah, Where, where's your Mars and Mercury? Mars is Cancer. Oh, snap. What does that mean? You're just a little useless as a human being. <laughs> you know, you stand around attracting flies, not getting anything done. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, pretty much. True. But you got to understand. I know, I, I, sta- I stand around looking, looking amazing. And so I've, I've learned every, every <laughs> twisted thing you can say about any placement. Right, because you know, um, but I'm joking, of course. No, it's all good. What was the other one? So Mars is in Cancer. What was the other one? Mercury. Mercury, Gemini. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure that's like some epic Ge- the, combination. That like a good combo because that would show that you're you're mentally and socially extremely flexible, but your Mars in Cancer would probably make you very tough, like a business and in in your dealings but with an open heart hmm. sure i'll go with that that works yeah well and now comes the magic you know you make it so mm. i like that interpretation exactly even marsilio facino the famous catholic priest and mm-hmm. you know dude of dudes um he was dude very of things clear and my, fr- my friend, Dr. Angela Voss, she studied and pointed out that he did not, when doing horoscopes under the auspices of the Pope and the de Medici's, that the astrology was showing us like God's truth or our truth or any, any answer from nature. It was very clear that yeah. astrology was the tool used to facilitate a natural human faculty that connected you with the spirit. These are actually almost yes. his words. And so it's like, oh, yeah. 500 years ago, that was still the understanding. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It's like, you don't, you don't use, I mean, with the tarot, you know, it's just the, it's the keys. It's the tool. It's not the end all be all, you know, for a reason, reason, you know? Yeah, exactly. Calling them Trump's because Donald wanted us to. (laughs) Oh, fuck. He's like, I'm changing my name to Trump from Trump. (laughs) And I want all the names named Trump, including tarot. These are tarot keys, Mr. Drumpf. It's Trump now, not Trump. <laughs> Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> then he shapeshifts into a reptilian. <laughs> and this is all happening in 1895 when his son time traveled them both back in the past. <laughs> you know he's got like a blue tongue too. It would just be weird. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> <sighs> Stranger things in heaven and earth. Holy crap. Yep. Can't make that shit up. Gotta love it. It's amazing. My family is the, is my the family most fascinating all... fiction I've ever seen these days. Isn't it? He has done, you know what? I do have to give a kudos to Trump. I think the man is absolutely repulsive, but he did make America great again because all of us not in America can just sit back and watch and be like, wow, this is some great fucking shit to watch because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a train wreck. It's an absolute train wreck. And it's, it's made for some really good reality TV. So well done, Trump. You've created the best reality television. You know, I don't actually know why he'd want to do a second term. Like, he could do anything he wants now, say anything. He could do any. Like, he could literally. I mean, we're going to yeah. watch. Because this is, like, literally some, like, um, dude who's probably a rapist yeah. and pedophile who became president. Like, you can you can become anything in America. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit. 
it's a bit icky. Um, I'm, I'm really worried, to be honest, and very concerned about the things that he will attempt to do in the next couple of months before he gets booted out. Whatever, hey, you know. You know? He oh. might do some good things because he's so pissed at the new people and the new people are arguably just as bad i think they're all a bunch of scumbags i think they're all exactly (laughs) exactly like this was this i keep you know everyone oh god every single person in wellington it was just like what do you think of trump you know it's just like oh god you know i i think absolutely i think if hillary had gotten in nothing would have changed nothing would have changed. There wouldn't be this focus on police violence and race violence and all this other stuff, you know. We certainly it wouldn't have, have gotten brought as kids, that's for sure. <sighs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grumble, grumble. Shout out to our sponsors, <laughs> two for one, Adrenochrome sale at a store near you. <laughs> I can help stop it hey, they, they, uh, they, they, you know they 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 cut off my ability to do ads on my podcast so it wasn't my decision to start talking about this stuff but if you're gonna pay the price you may as well do the crime <laughs> they cut it off before i did any of that stuff uh, and now i'm just gonna talk about whatever because <coughs> this has really been a very healthy exactly. thing in my life and uh it's been hard to get the space being back in Vancouver because uh, Vancouver is, I don't know. I don't know. So Vancouver's home? It's is locked it down, but yeah, it's, it's it, well, no, it's not home. It's where I'm from. Um, it's, I, I could never, yeah. No, I'm here for my mom. She's going, you know, hopefully. She, yeah. She said, she's informed us that it's like this last Christmas, three months about is what we're getting. If there's a miracle, right. maybe, maybe a year. Um, but that's the priority now and nothing else matters. And I've been informed by the family, nice. like if I'm going to keep you know, visiting her, then I can't, I have to be in lockdown. I can't see other people. And that's for yeah. the next maybe, yeah. you know, three, six months a year. And honestly, the longer, the better, as far as I'm concerned, because it's my mom and she's the best. Yeah. Um, I, I can watch yeah. all of the that's Marvel awesome. movies on repeat with her as long as she wants to. Yeah. I don't have have any choice but I love cooking dinner for her and and getting to visit and stuff I wanted to record an astrology course I think that would be hardcore she's been she did it for 45 years right 45 years really astrology longer actually yeah yeah wow that's awesome yeah it's so lovely that you do get to spend the time with her eh? That is good. Yeah, mm. that's 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 uh, the name of the game. So that's where I was thinking about earlier what we were talking about with the flow and how my relationship to the world and reality. There's all these things that are trying to you know, want my time and attention, but it's like I just said, got to go with the flow, and I got to not fight the current. I got to become the river. Yeah, and just like yeah. flow through it and with it, and uh, and that's yeah. I think the, that it's, is it's... the way. Absolutely. It's all about just being present right now. That was, that was actually a really, we were going through kind of a similar thing um, during our lockdown. So we had, oh, did I zoom you? Did I mute you again? No, you're here. I'm just okay. a good listener. <laughs> I, hit, I hit it. I hit it. No, I hit a button on the phone. <laughs> Me and technology do not get on very well. Energy, all the things. 
So, but during lockdown, we had our two months. So it was my, my ex who lives, you know, three doors down from us, his father was staying with him. He had had a car accident and they found um, brain cancer during, mm. yeah. So he lived out in the middle of nowhere, out in the country. So we're like, right, he can't go and live by himself. And this was before lockdown. So we knew that, you know, things were just a bit weird in the world. So we decided and the family decided that he was going to live with my ex. So his father-in-law, he was my father-in-law, his dad. Um, he was like in his 80s. He was about 84, I think 83, because he had a birthday during lockdown and everything. Um, and he turned 84. So he, he was living there. So we were all, you know, still quite close, even though we were between a few different houses with the family. And, you know, having that time with him was just was just lovely you know he passed away you know probably about a month or so after lockdown after we got out of lockdown um you know and he had to go into a home because he just you know my ex he couldn't take care of him you know it just got to that point where it was just it was too much um so we had this you know this really nice like two months because i hadn't really gotten to know him very much and even though he was quite quite senile at that point you know, because he was dealing with brain cancer, you know, but it was still nice just to have that, you know, a little bit of that closeness. And I think that was so important. And that sort of brought it back, you know, when we were going through all of the things that, you know, after that, when he was, you know, near death and everything, it was just like, no, I feel like I, I'm, I'm comfortable being here, you know, to, to see this, you know, and it was just, yeah, to be able to have that closeness with somebody during a time that the rest of the world feels like it's falling apart and then you sort of have your own little cozy space you know I think it's beautiful it's a beautiful place to be to just you know just to be present in that time you know I think it's important to everybody in those situations it's important to you it's important to her it's important to you know my ex and my kids and you know to to get to know that they're their family member as well you know at that point in time because you know, especially with it being a parent, you remember them in a different way too, you know, as you're growing up and then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. You're an adult. (laughs) So it's, yeah, that's lovely. I showed my mom that last episode of uh, Duncan Trussell's uh, Midnight Gospel. You ever see that? No, I don't watch much TV. This is, this is just like a, it's like a, you just got to watch it. Trust me on this. It's like an animated, okay. magical, spiritual playbook um, that ends oh, with cool. a tearjerker. So like, oh yeah, it's, mm. I mean, two of the guests are my colleague, Jason Liu, who used to teach in Vancouver, or work in my Vancouver at my friend's bookstore. He just put out this big blockbuster for the occult world. That is uh, John D and the Empire of Angels. And he was a protege of uh, oh. Gen- Genesis Peorage. And, you know, he helped her write oh, to the, the Psychic Bible. And so he's nice. on one episode. And then Damien Eccles, you know, is on another episode as the guest of a voice of like a bird or something, animated bird in a simulated reality of murderers or something like that. And they're talking oh. about, but the conversations and dialogue don't, they, 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 yeah, they compliment but don't interact. Those. Yeah. So you got to watch the last I think episode I've seen the of D- that. All right. I've seen, yeah. I know I've seen the Damien Eccles one. I know that went around on, um, on the interwebs 
And yeah, I loved that. I thought that was that was lovely. That it came was out when, when when the virus first uh, you know hit or caused lockdown, so it went yeah, it yeah. A number one watch thing, and I think it was just what we needed. But again, it's like mm-hmm. we're, when we share these ideas, like we were talked about being present here, being for and with someone. That's the yeah. That's the occult secret of the power of now that's been popularized yeah. by my fellow Vancouverite uh, Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. right? And yes, uh, he's uh, he's made this occult secret very trendy, so you can just say it and people know what you mean, and they actually do know what you mean. Excellent. And that's pretty yeah, cool. absolutely. Which like, is amazing. It's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. And well, this is very Aquarian age sort of stuff, isn't it? You know. Totally. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And as we, what, what, again, I actually, it just, Midnight Gospel popularizes again some ideas, but again, we're not, people are not getting the step-by-step of how to get there. And that's where they go to the books. On a Golden Dawn form the other day, someone yeah. was saying, how do I do this stuff? How do I do it on my own? And people are like saying, join an order, join an order. Someone was saying, he was, what about this book or that? And mm-hmm. I wrote back, I was like, you know what, here, here's the truth. Like there is no good doing no. your own book for that particular tradition of magical education and that's a yeah. problem actually like there's some books out there and I'm, I'm working and talking with people who have done those books a lot of them have I did but it's it's insufficient and I don't know what the blockage is to stop someone from write, writing one that is really at least sort of complete or oh. holistic and and it's interesting because maybe you're not it's not meant to be done or no. I don't know I don't I don't think I, th- you know what I think? I think everyone that writes these books, and this reminds me of like all the Wicca books that I had, mm. there's someone's, there's, they are someone's personal practice. They are what they have taken from, you know, generations of families and, and books and their own ideas and this person's ideas. And they've basically took, took everything that they've learned and turned it into what they practice. And that's what that book is about. You know, there are those strands, those, those beautiful strands that go, you know, that tie it all together and that you can find, you know, like the, the, sim- the simplest language, you know, looking at like, um, what was it? I forget where I'd heard it, but it was like, you know, sort of how Christianity took over from like the Egyptian mythologies and, you know, and all of that stuff, but it just got translated poorly, you know? So you go back and you go back and you find those strands for like, you know, thousands of thousands of years. So you can find those strands and everyone else's practices, but everyone's just going to read those books, take what they need that works for them, that resonates with them and create their own practice. So you can, I, I feel like there can be a step-by-step manual, but it's not going to work for every single person. You know, everyone else's experiences are different. You know, I've, I, I go to um, full moon circles up here, like up on the coast. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's all women. It's all, you know, these very strong women and you know, I take from that specific things. I'm not, you know, it's hosted by this woman, this amazing woman who's like basically like the head of the Druids here in New Zealand, you know, but I'm not Druid. You know, I resonate with a lot of the beliefs and a lot of the, um, you know, the ideas and things that really, it, it, a lot of it does work for me, but I don't really take it on. You know, I take what I need. So if, if someone wants to like find their, 
you know, the, the absolute formula for doing something, they're not going to find it in books. They can find the pieces of it in books, but it's up to that person to translate it and to mutate it into something that works for them, for their own spirit to be able to connect with it. Yeah. That's my opinion, but I don't think there is like, you know, it's not like baking. I think it's, I think the re one of the reasons that science hasn't grasped onto a lot of it because it's not so, again, it's that point of not being so static. That's where I always say like- It's I, hard to explain. The term occult science was always pointless. And I don't think Crowley's whole magic <laughs> is the science and art of causing change to occur and conforming. Magic is not a science. Um, people take there. It, it isn't. It's pure art. It's just art. And I I do agree with a lot of wise people who, who are above me in, in my tradition who say mm -hmm. that that it's empirical. You can you can approach it empirically. You know yeah. you can you can and that's what a school can do for you in any field, yeah. right? In any field, you can learn yeah. how to fix a car Absolutely. in school or on your own. But exactly. you might have a you might you might do it faster in a school like if i wanted to, if you and i wanted to go become experts on like french poetry like we could mm -hmm. do it on our own but it'll probably be faster in a school yeah absolutely and, so, yeah. and you're going to find those points that you know that are going to resonate faster it's it's gonna it's all going to happen quicker when you when you focus that energy on it you know um a friend of mine is is an artist and he he's now only relearning a certain part of sculpture because he learned it differently you know in a different country you know he's just like oh, i've always just done it this way and now he's learning something else and now he's able to create things faster and differently you know i mean that's that's you know that's a different type of alchemy really but it's like the, the more that you go you know you learn it and and someone can teach you that you know, I always find it much easier for someone to show me what the hell to do than read the instruction book. You know, <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. According to like, just, true just experience, show me. So horrible with instruction books. <laughs> yeah. Yes, me too. Yeah. So I always go back. It's just like for me, it's the experience, it's the feeling, it's you know when you're in the right place at the right time, you know you end up. Um, just getting into the flow really quickly and you know what's going to what you're going to the things like the little symbols that you see along the way you're like right I'm in the right place at the right time right place at the right time and this is when things start to happen and you can really make things happen in your life whether it's magic or manifestation which is basically the same shit and then you know just all of the things happen and that's that's part of being alive and part of being a magical person is just sort of living in that space and you know you can for me I tend to go down like a rabbit hole um, and learn about this or learn about that I might go down and learn about different herbs and learn about different types of astrology you know and then learn this and I you know and I'll read like two things in and I'll be like right that is exactly what I needed to know you know, and you sort of just follow it for a little while and you, and you learn what you need to know and you go here and you go there. But again, you know, I think getting like the condensed school version is good because it just sort of, it does give you a lot of different tastes of a lot of different things. 
You know, it's, I, I wonder sometimes about the importance of learning things you're not interested in. And that's always, that always mm. made, uh, impressed me about school is like, you know, when I decided to go from a like straight F student to, a, you know, A plus one, I realized that that would mean like it was a decision. I sat down and made that decision because yeah. I, I believe that's possible. Um, no matter what your, mm-hmm. you know, your environment, it's, it's not all, not no matter what, but you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. shit, this is going to mean I'm going to have to do really well, like the best in the class at things I have zero interest in. And then in the magical yeah. world, I encountered that reality as well. It's like, oh, shit, I have to like get good at or learn geomancy. I'm not interested in geomancy. And I still <laughs> I still hate geomancy. But like, you know, when, when someone famous like Nick Farrell posts a geomantic reading, I can read it. I can think about all the ramifications yeah. within it. I can use it if I want to. And, uh, yeah. you know, and that's... So what you're really talking about when you talk about going down a rabbit hole or getting a couple mm-hmm. tools from this place, a couple tools from that place, you're not talking so much about a superficial, uh, shiny object syndrome of taste testing everything in no. the store. What you're actually talking about is hard work because you're taking a couple things and going as far as with them as you can. Yeah. And saying, what can I yeah, get out of absolutely. this? Absolutely. So it's not about saying, oh, I want yeah. a little bit of this flavor, a little bit of this flavor. You're saying, I'm going to figure out what this flavor does in my life and take it as far as I can. And that's, yeah. I think, maybe the secret people don't realize because <laughs> the secret is just the idea or these, these popularizations are the ideas, not the practices to get to the, that point. Yeah. As a channeler. How often... Yeah, go ahead. No, go. You Sorry, go, go, go. go. I no. was going to ask you, so, because your your practice, your practice seems quite full on to me. Yeah, people people should never do what I do. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Jeff was talking Fair about. Fair enough. That's what Jeffrey Lucas <laughs> was talking about on the podcast. The beginning of it, you should hear this this one. Actually, we didn't get into QAnon and aliens as much as I wanted, but... Uh, but that's because we ended up talking about real magical things. And I was like, yeah. so, so, you know, he was like, he, he spent the first little bit just saying, don't do these practices. And that's good. And you, you shouldn't do these things if you don't have to. Just like if, it, you know, mm. things will, certain things will take your whole life. And magic is, yeah. is one of them, especially if you start initiatory systems. Because like agreeing to climb a mountain. And once you agree to climb a mountain, you, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't reach the top, that you didn't climb the mountain so there's a pressure yeah right yeah absolutely uh, i think I'm, as soon I'm as rambling. you make that decision no as soon as you make that decision it's like you're sort of in it there's no getting out and it's just this continuation it's always continuing like i was yeah but that is, is not making that decision what leads us to being lemmings just sitting on a bus going to work every day and without joy in our lives? Is this a decision everyone needs to make in all of humanity? Does every person need to like take their spirituality in their own hands and become like actualized as divine beings having a physical experience? No. Some of us are just like I don't to, think uh, so. uh, bag the groceries Some people... and die of yep. Yep. whatever. Because because that's that's what they've chosen. That's their life. That's this existence. This point of their existence is just to yeah. Okay, I'm just going to be a regular Joe this time. I'm going to take it easy. I'm not going to stress out too much. It bothers me because I don't believe in reincarnation. So like, you're not. No, not at all. No, I think it's atrocious. 
I mean, I have plenty of past life memories, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> well, that just sort of makes it a bit strange. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, how can you? Okay, <laughs> let's 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 go back here. <laughs> I'm ready. It's okay. So, so, hmm, hmm. You can see why I needed a channeler's help. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a tough cookie to crack. Uh, no, it's all good. So, okay. That's fair enough. I can see I can see why people believe that. I I I I believe in something a little different. <laughs> so. Let me clarify if you don't know what I think, because a lot of people do at this point. I, I just think yeah, that, you know, leapfrogging yeah. through life is uh, too simplistic. I don't think yes. that reality is that simple that we're souls shooting in and out of bodies and a leapfrog through life and everyone's Cleopatra, of course, or, you know, uh, McGregor Mathers or Alistair Crowley or, <clears throat> you know, Jesus. There's a lot of Jesuses. Yep. Um, there is always a Jesus. Lots I, I prefer, of Cleopatras. I mean, as, and as much as I'm a fan of the, you know, Neil Gaiman sort of ideas of God making and reality making, um, I just think it's more likely there's so many dimensions that it makes mm -hmm. more sense to me that we're all maybe we're all living all lives at once or something like that again i just think nature is way more vast and complicated than our ideas yeah. of it and we haven't scratched the surface and so when we cling to these ideas they imprison us to what we don't know and that's when you know when we close ourselves off to being open to the otherness of other thoughts we miss a huge opportunity to find out more because we're so certain mm. what we think is real. Yeah. Right. So like I okay. said this before, I don't, I don't want to cover it. Like, I feel like I've, you know, covered this a lot, but like I used to think that talismanic magic was sort of iffy, like not really the most solid thing in real, mm -hmm. real existence that, you know, objects probably didn't contain any sort of memory um, and so mm -hmm. creating these talismans was, you know, it's better to, you know, create an intent and then burn it and let it manifest. That was fine. But the idea that this, this thing held power inside of it intrinsically, physically, I, I thought was sort of mm -hmm. less likely. So, but I still wrap all my diaries and tools in white silk to contain yeah. energy, yeah. even if it's psychological. But then science came out and proved me wrong. And it turns out objects have memories. And this could explain haunted spaces, haunted objects, all these kinds of, there's some sort of actual physical trace of energy that we yeah. call memory on objects. So I was wrong. Whatever it turns Absolutely. out that will be when, so, you know. Yeah. And so that's, I, that's I, a great thing to be wrong about, right? That's an exciting thing to be wrong about. <laughs> Finding out that talismanic that is, magic that is, is, that is, is actually that is a good like, thing. got a scientific Actually a thing, actually works. <laughs> yeah, that it makes sense. These objects contain that memory. Yeah. We should treasure that like that's and work with it. That's powerful. That's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. No, I think, I, you know, I, when, because, because I feel energy the way that I do, I know I, I you know I, I I feel that there's a how do I put it so when we die our energy just basically leaves the form and it needs to go somewhere everything's recycled 
I think everything is absolutely recycled. So that energy will stay in its own around its body for a while. But most of the time, you know, I, I don't know what happens between point A to point B, but that energy needs to go somewhere. I was thinking about my, my father-in-law who passed, you know, he's, you know, we saw his body or actually before he died, you know, you could sense his energy shifting. You could sense like, um, you know, him sort of lifting, like his energy was sort of lifting out of his chest and you could sort like, cause he was so out of it. you know, I was just like, no one else is in the room. Of course, I've got like my hands over the top of him trying to feel his energy and everything, you know? And it was just lovely. It was just this golden, this golden energy above him. And he was just hanging on. And, you know, and then finally after he passed, you know, me and the kids and everybody went to go see his body. And he obviously is not attached to that anymore. You know, you could just see it, you know, when there's nothing left of, of, of a soul in a body. Um, so the question for me was, where did his energy go? It had to go somewhere has to get recycled somehow so we went to his house to go and um try and clean up his house um just you know probably a month or two after he had passed and my ex being he is a lovely lovely guy and he completely believes in everything that I do he doesn't know how it happens but it just happens right and I walked into the house and he brought me with him and it was just like I hadn't even gone like I went in by myself and I went in and I could feel him right away. You know, I could feel that energy right there, you know, and I just closed my eyes and I'm because we're trying to undo something in the garage. And I'm just like, right, where are the screwdrivers? And I just saw him in my mind's eye going over to this table, getting them and like, just like, oh, they're just here. And I just followed the path and there it was, you know? So, I mean, his energy was obviously somewhere else. So after his energy eventually leaves that place, where does it go? So I think when energy might pull away from a body, it's still quite strong. When it's in its house, in its place, it stays strong. By the end of the time that we were at his house sort of cleaning things up, his energy had gotten very confused again, like he was in his, in his life. And he started to sort of pull back, like his energy was sort of pushing away. And he was very confused, like, why are you here? Why are you here? Um, <clears throat> so what I could feel was him pulling back. And then, so that energy, I don't believe that energy will stay together unless it has a reason to when someone yeah. passes that energy eventually breaks up Disperse. and goes out into the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. It just, just disperses. So if there's nothing holding somebody on this plane, they're just going to go into the atmosphere. They're just going to go into oxygen. They're just going to do that. And I'm not sure how the, you know, a soul coming into a body when that happens, what it happens. I don't know. Like someone's personality. I think some of that energy gets pulled into that direction though like when there's a baby being born or when they reach a certain point that energy you know pulls yeah. down it's very from whatever is the soul composed you know 
the elemental fairies that are in the vicinity or is there a distinct yeah. spirit that's waiting its turn in line and manifestation doing this other busy work yeah. in the dmt realms and then it's like your turn buster yeah. he's like woohoo here i go i'm exactly. gonna be living in roll the dice and then you're born somewhere in some time in some place yeah so yeah that energy is just is constantly shifting and i think that energy is also attached to you know your your lineage as well you know i mean that that energy holds memory you know just like a talisman does it holds memory it's very so that crazy. energy holds memory it's very you know crazy. can you imagine you know i think about the way that my my cellular dna works and how it holds memories of you know my great great grandmother you know and my some of the fears that i experienced some of my phobias were her fears so it's like <clears throat> how does all I this feel shit you. work yeah. <laughs> how does yeah. all this shit work oh my god yeah it's mental eh? <laughs> there's serious there's serious uh ways in which my life has been a replay of my grandfather who i never met his life just oh, wow. certain parts like you can see his narrative playing out in my own it's like what is this going on because mm -hmm. we didn't even know this stuff till recently and then we read the book about him it's like what the fuck yeah yeah it's intense hey eh? yeah. <laughs> like when you start to learn about you know like i always had this like weird pull you know i mean i grew up in connecticut so you know it's it's probably about half an hour from the ocean and I've always been drawn to the ocean, you know, I've always had this draw and I've always been drawn to like, you know, so, you know, how they have like the widow's walks on the tops of the houses where the women would wait for their sailors to come home and watch the edge of the sea. And I always thought it was the most beautiful thing in the world. You know, I loved it. But I was always drawn and sort of repelled to the ocean. Like it was just like, I'd get too close and I'd be like, oh, I can't get in. And it turns out that my great, great, great grandfather was lost at sea trying to save somebody and like his body washed, you know, is they never found his body. You know, I think one of the life preservers washed up on shore. So it's just, you know, I could imagine my, you know, this, this ancestral fear of losing their husband at sea. And then, you know, the grief that would have to take place, you know, after that and, and being compelled to go to the ocean you know and it was just like i read this in my 30s and i'm like oh wow. oh oh that explains quite a bit you know? <laughs> hey so shit. so so maybe this backs up my anti-reincarnation stance which is my past <laughs> life my past life memories what couldn't they just be ancestral memories yeah just dna just energy embedded into your dna you know, in, in like I don't think I, I don't think my past life was of my great great grandmother. I think that exists; those memories exist because she experienced them. Those fears and those those strong, strong, super strong emotions and then those patterns that constantly come up. You know, how many times do the women in my family have to marry alcoholics? You know, I mean, yeah. every single person does the same exact thing. You're doing the same exact thing that your grandfather did, you know? So it's, it's, it's repetitive. So a lot of the quote unquote past life experiences that we have, some of them might be past life. I don't know, but I think a lot of, a lot more of it is just like more, it actually 
comes across as a scientific experience, like where, you know, you're experiencing those phobias, you're experiencing deja vu, you're experiencing these things because it could have happened, you know, 200 years ago, or you could be experiencing them now in another dimension. Hmm. I think that there's lots of dimensions happening as well. Well, that's something I think we've (laughs) got confirmed almost like, you know, how, when, where, tell me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't keep up on any of this stuff. Oh yeah. So (laughs) a lot of this stuff just, just circulates in my brain and then I read something and it's just like, Oh, I thought that was the, I thought that was the case. I spend a lot of my time listening to scientists. I mean, when it comes to like, like I said, it's nice to have your magical practice solidly established so you can start exploring the fringes of your knowledge. I really love that. And I listen to, you know, everything from, I love, you know, Lex Fridman who does crazy podcast from MIT and all these scientists are talking now for the first time because academics are like, whoa look at this dude jordan peterson he made all this money <laughs> talking about ideas we thought no one was interested in and the world's like how could you think no one was interested in your ideas <laughs> given the cost We're of university so tuition and now all you have to do is flip open a screen hit live and you can broadcast mm-hmm. to as many people as you want like the future of teaching is not in classroom it's in hitting hitting the live button on your computer your students paying a mm-hmm. buck each and those students could be ten thousand people around the world if you're popular and what you do is good and valuable yeah and that's the Absolutely. future as i see it um i think <clears throat> yeah fighting that is yeah definitely futile. and i look forward to more people sharing their thoughts and things like i look forward to more poetry professors give it do, talking poetry for four hours stints at a time online because that's i love that i like that I can, you know, and I, I don't mean so like sharing their favorite poems. I mean, breaking down verse structures and pentameters and stuff. That's, I, I love it. I, and science physicists. So mm-hmm. when they see dark matter, they expect to see other dimensions. They really do. Right. They, they really think that's what we're going to see. Um, and it's, a, it's a, it's a little crazy. I mean, the vast. So what are you saying that your sister was? seen was it your sister no, that's granny rainbow matter? granny rainbow's granny rainbow's daughter, daughter just designed five yeah. lenses in this device that her husband Which... another dark matter physicist she's a she's a physicist and an engineer both phds and her husband's the other one of the other leading science physicists in dark matter and they're launching this thing through this uh, you know organization in in texas or they're launching it in texas it got delayed Mm. by coronavirus and they really do believe this will be the one to finally perceive dark matter i'm like oh so what are you gonna be able to do with it and she's like oh no 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 we're just gonna look at it that's the from that she's like we'll have so much information it's more it's it'll be it's just perceiving it will give us more information than the totality of current human knowledge and i was like yeah and I was like, you know, it, it is daunting <laughs> to talk, like, sit down in a in a rainbow-filled caravan in a trailer uh, at a hippie commune <laughs> with one of the world's leading doctors and scientists in dark matter, while their mom goes off about, you know, is, is signing checks to to Bernie and saying how wonderful she is, and and that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's you're like, where am I? And I'm getting to talk to people and I have her number and I text her and I ask her questions because I'm curious. I want to get her on the podcast and get a, get a dark matter scientist, physicist perspective on the, That'd be amazing. On the, you know, be like, okay, this law, 
this law. She's going to like, she wouldn't do it because it's too absurd. But I bet, <laughs> I bet there's points of hermetic thought and spiritual insight from new thought to new ageism to occultism in general and, and, and psychism. There's points of thought where I think if she knew we were thinking certain things, she'd be like, oh yeah you're sort of on to something there a little bit we're not yeah sure you're, you're on the right track, that's something but, but we uh, don't know but like that's like like the talisman thing that's sort of ringing a bell right it's yeah like, oh, yeah so some of these things we might believe are, are hogwash and some of these things we might believe or practice could be the vanguard of spiritual mm -hmm. and human knowledge and you know i said yeah. to her so basically we're hard we're only seeing like part of reality and she holds up her hand and splays her fingers she says you're perceiving less than five percent of reality and when you think of it as reality you're not talking about perception you're talking about reality there's just wow. everything we see <clears throat> is less than five percent probably way less and there's all this other stuff out there that we What's don't even there? Yeah. we don't we're, we haven't even begun to see it let alone grok it <clears throat> yeah i think that I think there is so much to that. I think there is so, so much to that. That's why we you should know, be asking questions, knowing, right? Not, yeah, not absolutely. deciding which answers are, are capital T truth and censoring everything else. No, absolutely. I think there is so much more. There's so much more to think, you know, just, I, th knowing what I've seen, knowing what, like my because my kids are super onto it knowing what they see you know they still see fairies they see all of this stuff and it's like i think that's awesome you know and you, yeah. you want to be able to cultivate that so you keep the door open you keep that door open because there is so much more to see out there there is so much more and you know i i hate to think that you know I've, I've sort of figured out my, my life's purpose is to get my kids to, to open up to the point where, you know, they can see a lot more than I ever have. I think that's awesome. But yep. far out. Yeah. Do you think? Well, I think, I th think we'll get there. I think we will. Definitely not in our lifetimes. Do you think schizophrenia is a clairvoyant disease? Yes. <laughs> I think any um yeah absolutely absolutely um like are they natural clairvoyants that just can't that miss the mark that that like, have been absolutely squashed that are so yeah I believe that they are probably quite next level um I mean because I see everything on a spectrum so everything that exists on that spectrum, you know, is every sort of mental disease. I did the quote unquote thing. <laughs> I did my quote unquote mental I, disease. I saw you. <laughs> it just made sense. Um, yeah, I think a lot of those, I'm not going to say all because I don't know them all, but the, the main ones I think are all spiritual diseases. I think, you know, things like schizophrenia and, you know, for years and years and years, um, you know, anyone autistic, anyone, you know, any of these things that really, I'm dyslexic, so my perception is different, you know, it's a learning disability. How many disabilities do we need to tick off the list? Well, actually, and we thought that it was, instead, dyslexia was actually just the ability to distort reality and that people who weren't dyslexic 
So some people couldn't control it, some people could, and that people who couldn't yeah. uh, imagine certain things or visualize things, like some people can't imagine being on the other side of a certain shape and blah, blah, blah. Um, and some people some, can't visualize at all. Right, so there's, <laughs> this is, to me, this is a ground rife, ready for study. And yeah, I know we're studying absolutely. it now, like alternative education has come a long way, thank God. Yeah, it's really fascinating because I work with a lot of schools down here as well. So we, you know, we have like our, you know, some of the special needs classes and you can just see, you know, how brilliant and how, um, you know, misunderstood their system is. Like they've just, they're just on a different system. You know, it's like running Mac on PC or trying to understand Mac on a PC or, you know, it's that same sort of thing where there's, it's a different system. So I think with like schizophrenia and uh, mental diseases like that, I think that, yeah, they are spiritual diseases. You know, you get the shaman who are, you know, their hands are held and they say, look, I see this happening. You come with me, you are part of this community. We're going to help you through this. We're going to, you know, we're going to help you, gu we're going to guide you into this because not everybody suffers from these things, but people just want to medicate schizophrenics and do this. Um, another, a friend of mine, her, her family member was uh, diagnosed with pretty hardcore schizophrenia, you know, and she was just there like, he would just be seeing everything, you know, and they would just try and keep him medicated. Um, so you are I think seeing he was quite young. Like, yeah, like every little astro nasty and like, you know. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't take work you know? to talk to spirits at a graveyard. They are all talking. They all, once they know you're there, they all want to talk. You got to be like, shut up. I don't off. get any. I don't get any of the ones at the, at the cemeteries. Just start talking to them and they'll start <laughs> talking back and they all want you to do shit for them. You're like, it's I can't go talk to your wife. Dude. I go She's in. Dead. You died in 1918. Why? <laughs> why? Why would you hang around a bunch of other dead people if you were dead? <laughs> I don't think that well, would I think be there's, very exciting. I, think I would much rather be over here checking I think out, you know. <laughs> it feels like what they are is just astral shells or resonances of a single wish or desire that was strong. Right? Ooh. Like if you died... Yeah, and you had this wish yes. to tell your your wife something before she died and you didn't that would be a pretty yeah. strong desire eh? that would that would that yeah. would keep that energy stuck together like anything unresolved why... that would be a shell and you could help that shell or you could yeah or it's just just energy lingering there yeah yeah that, that sort of I makes think... sense to me i mean that's my experience it does <laughs> But I never, I never get them at the cemetery. I get them everywhere else, though. <laughs> I don't get them at the cemetery. It's like the most peaceful place in the world. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's just so quiet, so good. <clears throat> Goes back to the high school days when I would like, you know, sneak out of the house and just go sit at the cemetery for a while. <laughs> yeah, I would go there and do my uh, invocation of thoth and then my hermetic rosary and. Uh... I would dabble nice. with spirits, but mainly just enjoy the beautiful surroundings like in between classes. Yeah, definitely, definitely good. Years later, I found out, like 20, 20 years later, I found out that at the gravestone right next to the tree or in the fence where I would sit was the gravestone of Frater Achad, Alistair Crowley's protege. Oh, 
wow no way oh that's cool yeah so there it always felt mm. like i remember that gravestone when someone told me the yeah name, and i was like you know that i remember that gravestone from even yeah it always seemed very nice vacant vacant very vacant i think this vacant work, really this work we do i think i think you can take it all with you and there's an idea that's pretty follow. cool that in, in the sphere of Malkut, in the Sephira Malkut, the choir of angels of the Caribbean, because mm -hmm. they're the four equilibrated elemental beings balancing the kingdom of creation. And that when you ascend, the next choir of angels is the Ishim, which would translate to the holy living ones. And that the Ishim are actually composed of ascended human souls who maintain their body of light to become active spirits in the next lunar realm. Um, oh. Some systems of Kabbalah reverse those two and put the Ishim in Malkut and the Kerovim in Yesod, but that still works because within every Sephira is its own tree of life. And so if you have, mm -hmm. and, and within each of that is the four worlds of four more trees of life. So if you have the Ishim in Malkut, then the Ishim are simply in the Yetzeratic level of Malkut. There's some Kabbalah for our Kabbalah listeners. That's a, that's a common <laughs> debate that I just you know, nailed for you. You're beautifully done well done well done kudos <laughs> I, I i've been accused more than once of not talking about any of the stuff i know best on this podcast and i'm like yeah but <laughs> i'm not here to talk just, about the stuff i know well i'm here to find out what i don't know exactly exactly questions. that's the that's the best part is figuring out what you don't know brilliant questions and stupid what's going to send us down the rabbit hole now that's i know thing. well aliens what's your take Oh, aliens. Okay. A very unpopular belief. You ready? So there's, you know, they've admitted to having vehicles not made on this planet, which is a yes. beautiful turn of phrase. If I ever heard one. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, what? Do you um, aliens. Oh, which kind of aliens? I think there's different kinds of aliens. Well, that's the popular. I mean, that's what Gaia.com keeps telling me. Oh, right. Okay. Um, aliens, I think the ones that sort of get the, I did my quote, I got to stop at the quotes. I got to stop with the air quotes, put the arms down. The gray aliens, whatever they are, I think they're evolved humans that are coming back to just, you know, we're going to just take a sample where are we at, at this point in life? Where are we? Um, yeah, I honestly think that there are versions of us, of humans in the future that have been, been able to come back um, and sort of help evolution along. Or, yeah, I, I'm... Because I think what I, what I struggle to understand is the whole dimensional thing as well. So I think that there are more dimensional beings that come through versus, you know, aliens from another planet. I think they've either figured out how to move dimensionally or it just drops, like they just drop in. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I think I, so. I, I, think, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's, well, it's one of the most interesting things to talk about really. Um, the problem is, you know, I just think seeing is believing and I'm not sure if there's different kinds of aliens or if there's any at all, because, you know, where are they? 
and then there's then you got the accounts but then it's like the dimension thing really is inviting but it seems contradictory yeah. One of my problems with alien people is they, they start talking about ancient aliens and then they go and they are from another dimension. And they're coming to us now through this other dimension. It's like, wait, are they old beings from a distant place that traveled a long way? Or are they dimensional beings that are sucking the happiness like David Icke? Shit. You know, I'm not, a, I'm really not a fan <laughs> of David Icke, but um, I'm glad we live in a world where he's free to talk as much as he wants. I'm just joking. You know, he's being censored. Everyone's being censored. And that's where it gets, <laughs> gets to this war on spirituality, this war for the human soul, which is very book of revelation. You know, it does feel very apocalyptic right now. Like these veils are being removed and like no one, like all the stuff we used to trust, we don't trust anymore. And government never no, had a lot of no. trust, but now we're just like, oh, it's just a shit show. There is we absolutely can. no trust, right? no like, trust whatsoever. The only reason to watch mainstream media is to ask, is to be like, okay, what, are they referring to and then go read what they're referring to and find out it has nothing to do with what they said about it and you're like well this mm-hmm. is fucked we're in trouble yeah but everyone seems to want to just put their head in the sands and uh you know drink their iced tea yeah i'm absolutely. drinking iced tea right now it's delicious oh iced tea that i have to make some iced tea it's it's yeah. it was very summery here today it was like 23 and muggy and weird oh shut up <sighs> going into summer oh my god (laughs) we're going to go into a very long dark winter here it's going to be miserable it's going to be come on it's going to be awesome well they just passed a law to decriminalize all drugs because of the mass (gasps) overdoses because they're forcing everyone to stay inside giving them all this money and not letting them do anything yes so of of course course people are going to od overdose and mainly it's the street people who we have the largest quantity yeah. of because it's warm, so warm here, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's by warm, warm, I mean it, it hovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's warm here because like it's just freezing rain and wind, and it's not so bad. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it sounds like Wellington. It's fine. All these it's people. Fine. Yeah, so the drug thing, dirty drugs, fentanyl being snuck into That's... all the drugs. So if we if 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 mm-hmm. it's approved by our health minister or whatever, then they will decriminalize it, and that's an amazing thing. That's so good. I really wish that they would do that here. They didn't pass the unanimous. the cannabis. But they didn't write by two. Was votes. it? Yeah, our our vote for decriminalizing was unanimous. Fucking unanimous, <sighs> right? Because we're tired good. of dealing with the drug epidemic here, and like good. we saw, Gaber I'm, Mate I'm so comes from here, and he was doing ayahuasca treatment for hardcore crack addicts. And it was working and the government nice. shut federal government shut them down. So now our provincial government's like, okay, let's decriminalize everything. At least that'll like solve a lot of the crime and prostitution. Like my sister works in that system. And these underage girls don't have a hope yeah. in hell. They're all drug addict prostitutes under the age of 18 Jeez. living in a house. There's n- she's not allowed to help them with their future. She's just allowed to keep them safe until they age out. And she hates it. She hates Shit. this job. Cause That's it's horrible. like, it's like you're barely even putting a band-aid on the wound right you're just sort of yeah sitting there and watching people bleed and giving them more blood yeah it's just like you're just holding you're just like holding a piece of gauze on a gash (laughs) until they're ready to leave i'm not gonna heal it i'm not gonna put any you know i'm not gonna put a plaster on it i'm just gonna sit here for a minute and hold it that's horrible but that is such i i read that and i was just um, that was so awesome because 
Oregon did a similar thing as well. I heard your New Zealand accent there for a second. Just a, a sliver of it snuck in. Damn. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. 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 <laughs> fucking Kiwis. Oh, fucking Kiwis. Uh, they're good. They treat God, me well. We're just jealous because you guys got summer and everyone's outside having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's outside. Everyone's not wearing masks. And um, I think there are no community cases in the entire country. Um, and I think there's only a couple. Oh, so... Do you, so what were you saying? You told me the other day that what the, the news said that everyone that comes into New Zealand is quarantined to an island. Uh, yeah, there was a news story saying like that, that you guys were locking down hard and sending everyone with cases to an island. And then someone else was debunking saying, but they've only reported two cases. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? Because <laughs> what we hear again, There's what we're no being told. <laughs> I, I love the idea. There like, no- well, People probably are looking at Australia, seeing them beating old women in the park for removing their mask 100 yards from anybody and saying, oh, well, New Zealand and Australia are basically the same place with the same kind of people. So yeah, they're the same. <laughs> yeah, they're the same. I mean, you guys do love to no. be compared to and uh, uh, conflated oh. with Australians. Oh, my God. Well, it's like being American and, you know, getting called Canadian or well, vice versa. Everyone, <laughs> everyone I know is, has always equated Kiwis with Canadians and Aussies with yes. Americans. Everyone says that Aussies are absolutely obnoxious. Kiwis are like absolutely. quiet and useless. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're good for making movies. We make tons of movies here, but, but yes, don't, exactly. Don't ask us to to do shit because all we're gonna yep. do is build a three foot wall between our country and yours and say, ha ha, see the fact that we can't get in. <laughs> we did that. We fucking did oh, it's that. It's so it's so true. It's so true. There are, yeah, so many parallels between the Canada and American and the Aussie and New Zealand. It's hilarious. Just yeah, like, right? oh gosh. Yeah. Well, you, you guys really repel yeah. um, corporations and big business and stuff like that, which is, is smart long term. And that's what that's what we're discovering to our yeah. woefully right we now. We don't have right? we don't have IKEA. New Zealand doesn't have an IKEA. Yeah, because the Swedes are can just you know, go fuck themselves. <laughs> All you Swedish people, then mama sugni broshpit. I just said your mother bro- sucks my brother's it. cock in Swedish. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. I thought you'd appreciate a little <laughs> Vancouver crassness. We're very crass people in Vancouver. Our humor is 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 legendary. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, that definitely lived up to the. Uh, the non-expectation that i was expecting so you're good okay great non-expectation <laughs> is good that's that's true apophasis and openness to the unknown unknowable god yeah sure it's the power of now the power of now baby was that the power of now that is the power of now it's apophatic theology is all the power of now is uh, apophatic theology is 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 yeah. like negative theology but older and it's the same thing, essentially. And it all goes back to the same sort of gesture we get from the Egyptian Book of the Dead and the negative confessions. Yeah. And uh, that's the basis of Golden Dawn Initiation, actually, is this sort of negative confession and purification of the soul following the formula we see in Egypt. And Meister Eckert saw a version of that in Christian theology and uh, popularized mm-hmm. it. I couldn't read the book. It frustrated me to hell. Every time there was italics saying, I want you to stop reading for a second, sit down, close your eyes and think about how profound what I just said is. I was like, oh, you can suck a dick. 
I've seen you all lonely oh at the gosh. at the theology bookstore where I go to seminary. <laughs> you're you're a lonely dude. You're enjoying the power of now and all your money. If I had all that money, man, I'd buy so many instruments and like just tour the world playing kick-ass music. There you go. You'd be sorted. I don't You'd know. be sorted. I don't know what why spiritual people do what they do once they make a lot of money. Oh. They a lot of them form these groups and these these you know yeah sort of cults yeah there's a few out there yeah they're like cults eh? and then they all get into sex like, crazy sex like where did that come from was it there all along? <laughs> I think maybe but why did you think spirituality was the way to go get a bunch of power and money and, and women because it's exactly. really the hardest way to do it ask any other <laughs> famous any, any other person who's into that stuff it's way easier to pretend you're a hedge fund mom manager blackmail like yes. a lingerie salesman <clears throat> and buy an island that's true that's faster that is very true. than like mastering <laughs> mastering yoga turning up the temperature and saying you know i'm the oh the world expert in in yoga i've won the best in yoga three three times and it turned out that was <laughs> that didn't even yoga. exist he did he said he was like the world champion <laughs> yoga master who won these competitions three times and then he came out it's like there's no such thing and and we all know about we all know about Bikram now, right? Like you know, he was a shyster. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't I don't get why Maharishi oh why Maharishi and Osho were like nine Rolls Royces is not enough. We need ten. Like I don't know. What, yeah, where do you draw the line? Why do you need so many Rolls Royces? Like, why do you even need one? You don't need any. And you so really don't that's the any. spiritual teaching. So how are these people? Why why are they doing this? Where, was it about this at for them at the start? Is this what started them into spirituality? Because it seems like a very oh. challenging no. way to get the same result as opposed to any other form of business. Like we're no, not doing this podcast not. for money. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't get this is the thing that, that that I struggle with. This is this is the deal that I've made with the universe is that I'm able to help whoever I am able to help. The people that I need to help will come to me. As long, in whatever shape or form that needs to happen, as long as I am looked after, that I have a place to live, a roof over my head, we are fed, my kids are happy and healthy, and I am of service, basically. That's how I've gotten on in life. I don't have any, you know marketing plan to you know come out with my next book or even write a fucking book you know it's it gets into that ugh. it gets so toxic when it gets to that point I think with a lot of the spiritual teachers and the you know and you know the bigger names and I think it's great that they can reach those people on that level but for the rest of us we're not there and we don't have, we don't want the big cars and we don't want the other shit, you know? We're still of service and we're still doing what we need to do. Yeah. But we're still, we're still okay. You know, I mean, when, when people start getting that, you know, like on Oprah and things like that, it's just like, you've obviously gone to the next level. You know, you've, you're still maybe in touch of what, with what you're saying and what you believe and what you've, you know, had to regurgitate, you know, a hundred thousand times in front of an audience. Fair enough. If you keep having to say the same shit over and over and over again, 
you desire, maybe you need some material goods to compensate for your lack of soul at that point. Yeah, it's, it's very easy to get uh, to just find something that works and, and just repeat it rather than uh, expanding yeah. your knowledge and, and challenging yourself. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's such a temptation. Those of us that are th those of us that are so like, you know, so far removed from that side of it, you know, we're still we're, st we're constantly growing and I'm sure the, you know, the big spiritual names are still growing, you know, and, and doing different things and whatnot, but it's still for, for, for me, especially it's, you know, it's such a personal, it's a personal level. And even the stuff that I share online and, you know, I do readings and I do that and, you know, and I share this with people on Facebook and all those horrible places. Um, you have to, you know, go it's into not the about darkness to bring the light. That's how I see. Yeah, exactly. Places. You go into the darkness to pull out the darkness. Facebook is too dark for me, though. I can't handle that darkness. Oh, I, can handle I can't even. It's Facebook. Instagram's right. <laughs> Facebook, I go in. I say what I have to say. I'm there. I let people know they can get in touch with me and then I walk away. Yeah, every <laughs> you know? time, it's every time like, I. I'm not going to stay here, but just yeah. in case you need anything <laughs> every time i open that browser tab and go into facebook it feels like i just like slip my wrist and it's a rush to get off of it so i can cover the wound before i die yeah exactly and then people are like you don't respond you didn't exactly. respond to my response to your comment it's like i was wrong oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah i do like i do like the little saying or the i don't know it's one of those things that floats out into the interweb um, about how, you know, social media is an energy exchange. is a reason why you feel like shit all the time. You know, you're giving out all of your energy, you know, to Facebook and to all and, of these things. And, and they, not... they were magicians, cyber <sighs> magicians who decided to go black. Yes. They decided to say, okay, mm -hmm. we'll get more popularity out of negativity. So let's pump that button as hard as we can. Yes. X, Y, X, exactly. Y, right, left, right, left, up, down, up, down, Y, Z, start, you know? There's the code, a Street Fighter 2, so you can both play the same character in Super Nintendo. And you never forget that shit, just like a, a good spell, you know? I'm going to have to share that with my kids the someday. They're going to be like, <laughs> they'd be like, ooh, Street Fighter. Mm. <laughs> I haven't played Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, did you ever play Darkstalkers? No. Have you ever no. heard of Dark Stalkers? I was like the Street Fighter oh. champion when I was 10 years old in Vancouver. And after that, I, I sort of slowly got out of video games because I could see my life going that direction in a serious way. And Slipping away. Yeah. And but I also knew I also knew that if I stayed doing it, I would become insanely wealthy. And no one yeah. believed me. And I, I was so right. I let me let me be honest. <laughs> Everyone knows that. You don't even have to be that good to like be make millions of dollars streaming yourself playing video games. Even the dudes make that. You don't just have to have boobies. Um, so I was right. Exactly. But it, it wasn't for me. That's the problem. I always look down the road and I see where it ends up. I'm like, that's not where I want to be. And I might not know yes, where I want to be, yes. but I know the kind of path that I want to walk. It's not there. It's yeah. not there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that path is like some sort of peripatetic mendicant who's going town to town, shaking the dust off his feet or, or getting a meal and 
sharing what he can and moving on, then so be it. Some people are meant to do that, right? I'm a homebody. <laughs> I, all my Aquarius shit's all in the fourth house of house. So I like having my own little kingdom or wizard's tower. My apartments always yes. have like a secret door in them that led to the temple. Oh, wicked. Yeah, like <laughs> nice. cut the back off a wardrobe <laughs> and you can move a whole bookshelf. I like doing that shit. And then we move out and my friends are like, wait, there's a third room in this place? And me and my buddy look at them and like... <laughs> that's right <laughs> they're they're yes <laughs> they, always think you're, they always think you're growing weed but then they go in and there's like four altars and the walls are painted black and they're like what the fuck definitely they're like you're like what we like tantra they're like oh snap oh my god i know i'm always a bit scared like people walk into my bedroom and they're just like wow <laughs> just like Hey man, this is this is my place. You don't mess with it. Though, though, you, you know, gotta if, be you're s- not, if you're not into like demons or Satan, I feel you're pretty vanilla these days. Like, there's this big movement towards like very oh, dark arts. People all think, ask me about the dark arts, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, in the Golden Dawn, you take a vow to never even do anything gray. There's no gray magic allowed once you take yeah. those vows. That's a big deal to take a vow like that because you're stuck with white work and you know um i don't know i think it affords a little protection yeah but it also it's it's certainly like now the the dark stuff and the goetia and the demonic work and and the that's so popular i worry that we might lose track of what slip into yeah lose track of what it's for like you're doing all this magic to get things as opposed to become Mm -hmm. something yes absolutely become your true self or get a bunch of get a bunch of goodness for you you know and toys or success yeah and that's a i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna mad people are just like yeah and that's the thing like with the secret like i did watch the the little video that they had i think it's on netflix when i watched it and yeah it is this you know yeah manifesting is great manifesting is great it's just like well yeah it is but you know, going to miss the point. And when people start using dark stuff to, to pull that in, it, that just goes into that whole, you know, it's just greed. It's part of human nature. It's not healthy. Yeah. Well, I also mm. think it, um, I think you got to look up before you look down, you got to go up into the light and then you want to bring that light into the darkness and then work through your own shit in the darkness. Cause yeah, you know, yeah those 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 unclean spirits are unclean because of us that's one thing we learned in kenneth grant in his description of the tunnels of set which is like the averse tree of life the tree of evil and the spheres yeah sephira and kabbalah are always considered macrocosmic and the, the the paths that connect them which correspond to the 22 trumps uh, or keys as trump doesn't mm-hmm. like us to call them <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they are the keys, the keys. <laughs> they are microcosmic and subjective. And most importantly, Kenneth Grant notes that they are created by us. We interact with these spheres of reality, and in interacting with those spheres, we create the pathways between them. So when you go in to do yeah. your dark, you know, work, uh, demonic work, but that's a misnomer, um, you mm-hmm. want to have done your work in the light and worked with those other beings so that you have the tools to transform yourself through that dark work otherwise i feel like you might just get lost in limbo yeah absolutely yeah i think that's actually a good point 
No, I think that's a good point. It's a little preachy, I'll be honest. But no, it's it's a good point though, because you know, like I look at a lot of what I do with like my clients is you know, I try and point out some of the dark sides of them, some of the dark points that they they haven't seen or they haven't recognized parts mm. of themselves, you know, like the shadow aspect of themselves. But I try and keep them in the light, in the lighter side. That way it's like you you recognize that it's there, okay? But make sure you come back to where you are now, you know, sort of... You know, I always tell people to, to journal, you know, some of the darker stuff. So that way it's out, it's contained, but you're still here. You're still on this side. And then when you feel it, when you're going, when you can feel your energy sort of slipping into that dark space, you know, you set aside time to go into that dark space and to do it as like a, psych, uh, like a psychological um, exercise. It's to journal about it and pull it out and do that. And yeah, you gotta you gotta know where you are on both sides, but you gotta know where you are to be able to stand and you know, like extend your energy into the dark and just sort of flow with it for a while and sort of go into it and pull it back out. And yeah. Or at least I hope that's what people get from it. That's sort of what I try and teach them sometimes. Yeah, well, that's what we call pathworking, right? In the Golden Dawn, we mm. use tarot cards and go into them to experience imbalances within ourselves and learn lessons yeah. and reconcile things within them. Yeah. What's it? What's it called? Pathworking. Pathworking. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're we're talking See? about mm. this stuff more these days because people are doing it anyway, and there's a lot of us who feel like they should at least learn to do it sort of in an effective way that's valuable because yeah. there's just a lot of nonsense out there. Um, a lot of people a lot of think that the power there. of the, the purpose of enchanting a name or vibrating a name is this power intrinsic to the name that has all this ta- power through a space no. and time. But what we believe in, in the Golden Dawn is the vibratory process mm-hmm. of vi- the way we vibrate the sound. That's what's important. Yeah. And it's yeah. creating change because it's very, especially when you do it at volume, it's yes. powerful. Yeah. Every human it being's is. voice Absolutely. is very powerful at volume doing these techniques. And it, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice not to calling use in that entity or, yeah, but it's not, it's, it's the sound. It's the sound, you it know, it is it's that vibration. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love, I love being, oh, now I'm going to have to go to my full moon circle. <laughs> yeah we, we have um, for the rest of us that aren't my... allowed to leave our rooms <laughs> sometimes it's only like 10 women sometimes it's like 30 it's Dude, amazing that's amazing that's amazing but we do um yeah we do so everyone actually does stand in the circle and sort of does their owns and stuff and does their their awens and you know and it's just so fucking powerful you know, it's just like that, that resonance and that power, you can just, you know, you can just feel it sort of changing, shifting your, your, your energy. It's so beautiful. Have you ever tried to use these skills in any way, constructively in conjunction with entheogens? Oh, no, no. I am not. Long road ahead, eh? Lots of fun to still be had. <laughs> Wait till your kids absolutely. safely uh, are safely out of school and 
You'd be like, yo, kid, exactly. The next week, now I am that you're out of, out of the, the house, three weeks. <laughs> mommy's getting stoned. Exactly. It's like, uh, I get this. Weed, weed is bad <laughs> for you. I'd be like, bitch, I'm not doing weed. This is DMT. Exactly. I've been doing weed your whole life, honey. Don't worry about it. Yeah. They said smoking weed during pregnancy uh, would affect the child. I was like, giddy up. <laughs> Uh, not quite that bad. <laughs> let's, let's see if we can get lucky and get a rain man. I mean, yeah, we'll have to have you in a home, but you can count cards. <laughs> we'll be sorted for life. We'll be sorted. Now, there's a lot of spiritual work that I need to do in, in the plant medicine world. That's for sure. I actually didn't smoke weed until I was about 30 yeah, I didn't, so, I didn't really act, functionally do that I, fun, until I was 30. No. It was for pain. The doctor gave me a prescription. I was like, no, I'm not doing any of this, like, devil's lettuce. And he was like, <laughs> well, it's either that or morphine. He's like, it's that or morphine. Ooh. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, hook me up. Because morphine made me suicidal the one time I did it. I can't do opiates, oh, opioids at all. I just, and it's a blessing that no. I can't do them at all. But they, they make me fucking insane. I just, they, 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 yeah, they just don't brutal. react right. Um, I mean, if they, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's some, like. I, I would. Yeah, I would smoke a me, joint weed and drink a bottle good. of wine before I take uh, codeine. Oof! You know, codeine's brutal on your that's system. That's brutal. That Especially stuff is have, like, so brutal. Autoimmune diseases. I would say that autoimmune diseases is like I'm a diesel engine running on regular gasoline because people would always say, "Oh, just fight yeah. through it. Just push through it." Growing up, I if I feel bad, I don't know why. Just push through it, man up. And now I yeah. realize the yeah. analogies because if if you're if you're a diesel engine and someone pours gasoline in you, the last thing you tell that person to do is well, mm -hmm. push through it. Just get, hit pedal to the metal. You'll be fine. You'll you'll work through it. <laughs> no, you won't. You're gonna blow. It's the like no, up. no. And that's <laughs> what gonna... autoimmune is. You're like your body's just not yeah. able to handle the world in in a very physical way. No, not at all. I think there's quite a bit of that in our, in the history of my family. Um, like there's, diseases, there's like, they call them. yeah, exactly. Even when you describe the symptoms, people don't want to deal with it. No, people are like, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. It's just like, oh, honey, <laughs> trust me. It's not pretty. Yeah. I mean, you might now, find Crohn's or I haven't would been. They would be like, we, it was great because in a way, because if, if someone was like, yeah, I had this thing, but then I couldn't do it. We wouldn't be like, oh, why couldn't you do it? We'd just be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like that yeah, happens. Exactly. Like I vanished yep. the last three days, but the other night I had to um, sit up in a full lotus, pushing pressure points on my body and doing special, special like metabolism, lowering mm -hmm. breathing exercises for about 14 hours. Otherwise, my esophagus would close up. And there's nothing Shit. to be done about it. And that happens to me a couple times a month, no matter, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what it's degenerative. Shit. So, and uh, you just think you just want to die. You just want to die. You're like, fuck curse yeah. this body. God, you have cursed me for the <laughs> sins of my father, Jesus. <laughs> Not the Jesus, my father, but that would be cool. I was good. I'm just like, He's all our dads. you tell me. That, you didn't that, tell me Jesus was your dad. Man. Jesus is Come that on. ripped Aryan white dude who died for our sins. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Blue eyes and all. He was so he had such blue eyes. Jesus' eyes were that's the he one. had yeah. 
Yeah. He had such blue eyes. He wasn't, he was so uh, white. you he know. Was so white. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is, I took a photo when I was back in the States last year. There's a church that I parked near to go to like my high school reunion thing. And I just got out of the car. This is like this little church. And it's like, you know, one of those very sort of homemade watercolor pictures of Jesus and he's just got like he's grinning at you holding like a fishnet <laughs> blonde flowing hair he looked like an 80s sax player with this big grin awesome. with straight perfect teeth like yeah here's my fishing net it was just like I gotta take a photo of that it was just like yeah Jesus <laughs> I seriously I absolutely think that is the funniest thing in the world yeah we like to we like gods in our image absolutely absolutely not you know they started making us um, in him in in their image during the plague years uh it became common that they start (laughs) artists started making crucifixes with jesus on the cross full of boils and blood and and his whole body sagging yeah that was the thing because they were like people aren't connecting with this healthy savior dying on the cross um because they're all covered in in these plagues and uh those are some horrific uh crucifixes to see like 10 feet tall on walls of churches around europe it's like oh um, really yeah amazing stuff actually brutal yeah well the uh the the interest the idea of god or or reality is as being a reflection of us i mean that's just not going to get old right like we're constantly faced with that that reality that the world does seem to reflect us in weird ways it does it does and how do you know your true self i'm not sure how i feel about that how do you know your true self do you see it in the world or does the world contradict Mm -hmm. what you think it is i know my true self by the people in my life and the interactions I have on a day-to-day basis. That's who, how I know. I think every person that I know, and this is, this is including my clients and this is including everyone um, that I see like passing on the street. I think everyone is just a reflection of me. So you're kind to them. Or a piece of me. Because, Absolutely. Yeah that's how i expect to be treated i'm gonna treat you know golden rule don't be a douchebag mm-hmm. so that's what know. it said in the in the <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and the disciple said father why because no one likes cunts bingo <laughs> did i mention perfectly, who our sponsor was perfectly translated <laughs> this episode is sponsored by two for one adrenochrome get yours today Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that is it's good yeah. to laugh. It's good to laugh. It is. It is. Yeah. Do you do you do you watch any comedy to to engage these endorphins or serotonin in your brain, or does having two twin eight year olds meet that quota? <laughs> I'm sure there are who uh, the twin eight year olds. Seriously, they oh my god, yeah. I watch a lot of people, I watch a lot of like blooper reels and so people funny. falling down. 
oh my gosh those make me laugh the most (laughs) (laughs) even just thinking about it is fantastic (laughs) i watched this uh, italian bassist named davy 504 have you ever watched davy 504 no no he gets like i have no idea millions of views per video and he's playing bass but he's he's hysterical right he edits his own videos and he's just so absurd <laughs> so absurd i'll send you one you're gonna love it nope. i love i love the right. level of creativity we're seeing with the internet because anyone can almost do anything it's like so you can really oh, I know. the object like it's frustrating for me that we can't be as creative as we want right now because creativity for me really comes to life when i in when i do it with other people um when i'm yeah projects that's why i loved music and music videos and and uh, you know, working on independent mm-hmm. films because you're just there with the other people who are hyper creative and all you're looking for is yeah you know, the, the most outlandish craziest thing you can do or the best whatever you're looking for like things happen it's never it's never just you it becomes the, you know the sum of its parts and exponential value of the different minds engaged and and if i'm afraid i'm really afraid for us actually right now about how cut off we're trying to be cut from each other, right? Because yeah, we can interact and yeah. talk to each other online, see each other online, but like, it's not the same. No, uh, it's not. Creativity. People need, people need, in general, people need physical contact. People need physical touch. People need physical contact. It's part of being a human, you know, um, which makes it that much worse. I had, I had a lot of friends over lockdown here that, um, you know, were basically living alone. My da- my downstairs neighbor, he was totally alone the entire time. He was gaming the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, I just, I'd hear him every once in a while. I'd be like, okay, he's still alive. You know, but I, you know, during that time though, you know, I think physical touch is, is, is a huge component to, to just every sort of well-being that there is. You know, I had my kids, I had my ex, I had, you know, um, the in-laws. And, you know, before I would leave, we would just sit there and, you know, there's nothing weird between us. You know, we would just hug. We're like brother and sister. We just hug for like five minutes. You know, if people don't get that, they struggle. And the same with like the, the whole creative side, even though, you know, you can, just, yes, you can be creative digi- digitally through technology, all of that. But yeah, when you're with somebody and you're feeling that energy with somebody when you're sitting and you're drawing or you're creating or you're doing music or any of that, there's just, there is that spark and that energy that, that just goes missing when you can't be with somebody. And, uh, see, we're back to Jesus. Where two or more are present, I am there. And I don't <laughs> know if Jesus shows up for Zoom, but I feel Jesus in the room right mm. now. I just want to say oh, Jesus. Jesus. And that's not just because you have an altar to <laughs> ripped on your, in your room. My, my, my handsome blonde fisherman. No, Giddy up. I totally need to get that printed, though. That was such a great photo. <laughs> yeah. Two of my friends during lockdown have killed me. <clears throat> One in their 20s, oh, healthy and young and vibrant Irish guy, and then another friend who was in her 30s. Yeah they just and no one's even telling me why like i've asked people and no one's telling me why and i can't they don't want to talk about it 
and I don't I don't know I can't wrap my head around it because they were like they're wow. you know last people you'd think to do that but that sort of seems to be how it always is like you know yeah. like I always feel like I should kill myself but I never would actually do it you know but then there's the people who you yeah. never think people if, if I kill myself people would be like oh yeah that makes sense but if <laughs> these guys yeah. kill themselves <laughs> yeah we, sort of we can see it, that really. we can see that um <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, but you know that's because he wears pentagrams and <laughs> black rooms they don't know the truth of it the truth of it is that that like i would never do it despite the no, shit that the world no. throws at me and the world throws some severe shit at me i think because of the work yeah. but my friends who seemed happy and carefree and charming irish guy like yes what the hell happened there what the hell yeah. happened i i don't know and um it's very heartbreaking and worrisome so horrible i don't know why they're cutting us off i don't know under, i don't understand why they, like you don't if some uh, there's not a powerful person in this world who can look me in the face and thinks tell me it's good for us to not interact or be near each other or have any of the culture arts music or celebratory just any of the interactions that define us as a species or, or mm -hmm. define the human soul no one in the world could look me in the eye and say i believe cutting that out is a good thing for human development and I would believe him. I'd be like, you're it's full not. of shit and you know you're full of shit. So now that you know that you're full yeah. of shit and you know I know that you know that we're all full of shit, this is bullshit. What's going on? <laughs> I want to know. No, I really, this is a real answer, question yes. for me. Like, I want to know what's going on. Aliens is not enough. QAnon, all that, all the, all the child sacrifice, no. satanic stuff, that doesn't do it for me. There's something else going on here. No. And I don't know if it's a subtle thing or if it's an uh, overt thing. And I know the conspiracies have all kinds of answers, but again, none of that's actually enough. It's not taking into account for me the fundamental question of why are so many human beings who know this is bad making mm -hmm. sure that we are experiencing Continue it. Yeah, I don't, I don't It is it. bad. It's it is so bad. bad. But, but it's part of, I believe, I think it's part of evolution. I think this whole thing is just another step in evolution. See, when um, you get into hardcore nature, then it's very unsympathetic, isn't it? You're just like... It is. It is. It's fucking do or die. You know, it is survive or no. It's, My theology professor, you know, it, it is feminist. she would always say, survival she would always the, quote nature. She'd say, she'd say the philosopher who's like, <laughs> life in nature is, is harsh, brutal, and short. She would remind us yeah. of that all the time in theology class. Absolutely. I completely agree. I absolutely completely agree. Like, I mean, it's horrible, horrible, horrible that so many people have lost their lives, but at the same time is a balance of nature versus and what we, we've done to it. We, we pretend like there's overpopulation, but what there is is over-concentration, right? And so we're yes, paying a price yes. for our, the, our choices of how to live in relationship to this world, because you absolutely. can bet like these are things that primitive cultures had figured out oh we have to live in we have mm -hmm. to find a balance here or we'll overuse the yes. land even once like it's just all of that stuff and i, I know all the arguments for yeah. against and the nuances I, I don't want to get into that i just like no we could live differently there's so much space there's so much food production yes. that we dump every year that's all bs there's plenty of space but how Absolutely. do we want to live and relate to each other we don't need to be in these cities um, I don't yep. understand why we think we do. Um, the concrete why? forest is horrible. Why do we need concrete this? in general? We don't. This is why people, you know, 
we don't. We when when we were we in lockdown, when, yeah, when we were in lockdown here, we didn't use the car. I mean, I used it a couple of times to go to the grocery store. Like it's I would go box. maybe once every two weeks and it was horrible. You know, it's just like, oh, I just, I was the one, I was the designated one out of my family. Well, you I guys really by myself, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. You guys really locked yeah. down. We did. I did. It was really hardcore. Really. See, I was it in was California hard. and we did good for the first few months, but then no mm. one else did good, did well. And so, um, yeah. and then, and then the powerful people started showing that they were shirking the laws and not taking them seriously. And then all bets. Yeah. Well. So that's not gonna... people to do something, not do it yourself and expect. Oh, that's bullshit. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, there was a couple people, people, a couple politicians man. here who did that. Oof. Oof. So yeah, we, we had hardcore lockdown. So it was me and my place, my ex with his father who was 84 dying of brain cancer and his sister so like my my sister-in-law and her family of four so we had a family of four family of four so we had nine people in in our bubble is what we called it um which was actually very large considering everyone else's bubbles around the area people had like just the four of them just the three of them we had nine um, but we, you know, we said we're, we're not called bubble. What's that? We need to start a social media site called bubble and everyone has their own bubbles and their digital bubbles. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's just, we like, don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Write it on the list. Fine. Um, no, it's great talking shit. to you. You're, you got a great mind. <laughs> Thanks. So our bubble was nine people and we were hard, we were hardcore about it because we had someone in our family who could very easily die. You know, he was on death's door to begin with. We didn't want to do anything to compromise that. I was the one that went to the grocery store, so I didn't use my car, you know, but every day, you know, we were sort of, we're all in the same suburb. We're all like a couple streets away. And so we would take you know, the dog for a walk, we would take, you know, we were outside and we were walking and we we're doing this and we'd go to the dairy and get, um, you know, the basic essentials that we needed if we needed them. Um, you know, but everything was here. Everything was in, you know, walking distance, being in, in nature and being, you know, cause I'm lucky I live close to a few good parks and, you know, I have trails and stuff that we can hike being that close to nature and being outside every day and and still having our bubble and everyone has their social distancing which I loved because I can't stand it when people touch me and I don't know you you know so it's like <laughs> yes bring social bring on my two meter social distancing bubble I love it um but we were hardcore about it and that was why like after seven weeks you know we were pretty much done, you know, we went back into level two and we went back, you know, or yeah, we were in level no, four, no back into level three. And and yeah, that's no, no, there were, there were a few people who were protesting, but everyone was just like, yeah, fucking stop it. Yeah. We had, so now, and then the cops were like, we're going to shoot you. And we're like, okay, fine. Yeah. No. Cause like here, here. It, it didn't get that bad though here it well it wasn't bad, bad here they're just like you're done <laughs> socialism yeah. for you you're done go yeah. home 
Absolutely. And everyone's like, oh, okay, I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Dude, we're legalizing all the drugs, just like, you know, peyote and DMT are already legal here. So, like, go get some, go get stoned. Like, just go home. And, just go get stoned. Go hang know, out at home. Your rent's, you know, your rent's almost three yeah, grand a month. You need sorted. to probably be working. Well, you know, yeah. people need to work and pay rent because here, here, a bachelor pad is like $2,400 minimum a month. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter what currency that's you think of that in. That's a that's a lot for anywhere. That's just, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. My old Stuff my old is expensive I, too. My old apartment down the street from here is was a thousand a month and now it's sixty five hundred a month. It's like it's bonkers. Same. Yeah. A lot of them won't rent to whites too. They'll only rent to Asians from China who are uh and they will only give it to you if you want it for six months so they can raise the rent after. This is a whole problem we have going on here because we've sold wow. ourselves to China years ago. Uh, all yeah. of Canada pretty much. People people don't want to talk about this because they think it's like racist, but it's not. Like everyone here knows this. Like we all know this. Yeah, exactly. We're a visual minority in Vancouver, and that's fine, but like <clears throat> it would be nice if we weren't discriminated against when it comes to housing and jobs but that's just a yes yes deal with majority power and whatnot mm-hmm. i mean I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm actually worried about a war coming right because like what's happening like i've never wanted to go to war before but when i saw what was going on with the uyghurs in china i'm like maybe i, I maybe if they i would try and enroll like an enlist and i know that will never no. happen there's not going to be any, <laughs> there's never going to be a war like that again i know that i know history come on no but like, but like like you see these drone footages of concentration camps and they just took 500,000 Tibetans and put them in force and Apple just blocked the law in the States that would prevent using cheap labor in China and other countries. Like Apple blocked it. They blocked the government's new law. So we live in a world run by corporations, right? Yeah. And absolutely. we we feel so disempowered as people. I mean, obviously I say all the time, it's a great time for magic because I believe magic can mm-hmm. make a difference and what definitely self-development can make a difference. Yes. But we have these very real problems that are very scary and I just don't know what to do. Yeah. But I mean, we, we, we got to talk about them, right? Absolutely. We, I mean, we're doing that yeah, well, here. Well, that's the thing. We're talking we about do the... 80, 50% of what we've talked about is considered censored material probably, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Not in New Zealand, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should always <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out. No. <laughs> no, I think that's a that's a really good point is like, you know, using magic at this time, what do we want to use it for? You know, what's gonna be the, the purpose? <laughs> what's so funny about people? <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know the original version of that song i just know <clears throat> from tools cover version in a perfect circle all oh, right yeah no, a... you gotta find the original is yeah. it elvis costello i don't know was it uh, elvis costello music begins and ends with ends with the reverend maynard james keenan for me <laughs> if you've ever listened to tool oh yeah tool. i saw them at Lollapalooza. oh um, and probably like 95 i think wow 96 whatever year they did Lollapalooza yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just they came to New Zealand um recently actually like the last couple of years when oh, they wow. had the the new album oh it would have been last year it would have been before lockdown 
Um, they came with the new, when album, the new album came out. Oh my god, I was yeah. I, yeah. Haven't seen that yet I didn't go. I didn't go. <clears throat> I was just like, no, I'm so I'm so into like the '90s Tool that I can't quite step away from it. And I'm and I've heard it and it's well, amazing. Yeah, but it won a I didn't Grammy go to the show. <laughs> they yeah, deserve that yeah, Grammy. Exactly. And you know, it's the funny this the song <clears throat> Schism. Uh, which is world famous and one of the most famous bass lines in the world. Like it's, ex- you know, it's mm-hmm. explicitly written about the the Golden Dawn schism. Is it? Yeah, because Danny Danny Carey uh, is a major Crowley guy, and Adam yeah. Jones also studied Golden Dawn magic and actually taught this singer Alexis nice. from the band industrial band Three Teeth about magic. I found that out through his ex girlfriend in Mexico City on Instagram. Then she and I ran into each other at a th- a big uh, thousand person party's not the right word let's just say it was a party in berlin that should tell some people all they need to know about right what party it was it was a party in berlin and, we, <laughs> and i learned a lot about uh what tool guitarist and drummer had taught her ex-boyfriend from three teeth and you look at his arm and there's a and he and i had met when i was doing a uh i was doing rock journalism and i was covering my mm. buddy's band left spine down and they were opening for three teeth and there's a picture of me with the singer side by side the night before i met that girl ex-girlfriend of his in mexico who had learned golden dawn magic from him while she lived in la and on his arm is a big <laughs> tattoo of the god thoth in golden oh, dawn colors nice. so you're like oh this stuff is oh. way more pervasive in the music <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, pop worlds than people think and it, it really explains how a lot of <laughs> You know, Tool has put in lines from the Emerald Tablet before, as above, so below, and beyond, I imagine. You know, yeah. Over it. Yeah. yeah. Lots of that stuff. And they're very interested in this stuff. And a lot of people just don't talk about it. We're talking about it now. It's been sort of simmering under the surface. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we definitely are in the midst of a kind of a occult revolution as this people. Yeah. And other things. And they're looking to magic as, a, as an answer. And uh, there's a strange responsibility on some of us now. Who have been at this yeah. for a very long time and just no Absolutely. one's been in it. No one's been interested in, in really doing it. And they're getting very flaky versions of it from the internet, yeah. but at least they're still getting it. The question exactly. is, are it's they like do the work whether or not it's develop it in a way that it's actually functional. I don't think so. Well, at least at this will. point. A lot of people will. Not everyone, but a lot. Yeah, a lot of people are not, not everybody. I mean, we look at the, um, oh, what was it a couple of years ago when oh, there was some like big beauty cosmetics store in the States that was selling like beginner witch kits, <laughs> like with the white sage and oh, like there a, was a couple and of rose quartz. Tried to make there was a couple of those. That. Yeah. Oh, that didn't go over very yeah, well right you, yeah it's <laughs> <That's laughs> like oh honey what are you yeah. doing you know i think again but again i mean I, if people if it opens up something i mean that's the thing you know bands like tool i don't think people understand you know the the actual stuff underneath you know like the lyrics well, like, you, you know that it I, doesn't matter the, oh my to. gosh no. here's, here's something i actually have been wanting to say for a while can i tell it to you so there's so far i have friends and stuff who are like you can't listen to this artist or this artist because they you know they had sex with a 14 year old girl like david bowie or you know this or that or the other thing 
and uh, yep, you yep. know things like that things like that and I've, I've always and as a musician music's sort of interesting um you know do you know once you record a song and release it it's considered published mm. which means you own it the copyright's yours you don't have to send a letter to yourself this is basic knowledge yeah but once you have it published anyone can cover it they don't need your permission a lot of people don't realize that about music because they think that, that you have some control no once you publish it it's out there and it becomes yeah. it's not your song anymore it's their song mm -hmm. now if you cover someone's song and make some money you have still have to pay them the mandatory royalties most of the time when you cover a song you don't make any money so there's no mm -hmm. big issue right um but i've always felt like when i hear a song and i like it it becomes my song i don't care what the author's intent was it doesn't matter it's my yeah. song now. And if that person, most of the great yeah. artists and singers and, and, and musicians and people of, of, are seriously fucked up people, like mental, comedians, they say are all mentally ill. But these people, mm -hmm. their art is not who they are. Their art is separate from them in the way that we receive it. And it becomes ours. So it's not their song anymore. It's my song, right? Yeah. Whatever song it is, it's my song. It's not yours. If, even if I sing the lyrics wrong, that's part of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put my stamp on it. Yeah, you don't own it. David Bowie <clears throat> no. doesn't own his songs. I own his songs. They mean what they mean for me, and he can go fuck himself. Yes. Well, he's... <laughs> well, no. <laughs> yeah. See, David Bowie doesn't, doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. I bet but... if he heard me say that, he would be like, right on, man. You nailed it. <laughs> like, if you really want to have a crazy magical experience, get truly deeply stoned. Oh. And listen to his last album channel David after Bowie. he died. Listen to Black Star. Have you not listened to watch the music videos of for Black Star and yes? They scare me to Those my are core. Amazing. They are amazing. It's like he's channeling Azrael and every oh, just, yeah. oh my god, it's so powerful. I How think. much I love listening to so much of that because so that like when you listen to an artist and and yeah his album like that is very much like that how many artists and singers will actually channel some, something else i love that i think i think they all are to some extent you know well the ones that really make an impression well the ones like that know on people like doing. us oh my god yeah 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 magical like, i wonder totally yeah i mean well good stuff Jimmy Page was into magic and they would became the mm -hmm. biggest band of all time. So yeah. You know, they <laughs> does magic work. He, he said <laughs> the, the biggest album of all time is Led Zeppelin 4. And I don't mean necessarily in sales, but anyone who doesn't think that Led Zeppelin's fourth album is the most mm -hmm. significant. If you haven't heard it, go hear it start to finish, right? Because there's people listening who probably have not actually sat down and listened to Zeppelin 4 start to finish. He said, give me a magical symbol for each of you that will represent you. We'll put that on the album, no name. Because they had brand control, the label fought them, couldn't do anything. They're like, oh my mm -hmm. God, they're putting out their fourth album without their band name on the, anywhere on the, on the, on the vinyl, anywhere on any of the packaging. I actually couldn't find the album when I first looked for it because I was like, excuse me, I'm looking, I just heard Zeppelin. What one. is it actually called? And I said to the guy, <laughs> I said, I can't find Zeppelin 4 in, in your disc. He's like, oh, it's, got, it's Zeppelin 4, man. It's, it doesn't have a title or their name on it. I was like, what? And this was like 2006. <laughs> so I was late to the party. I was very late to the party. 
but but I was I was looking into it and I'd gotten into Zeppelin because one of my students was famous and he had gone on tour opening for Jimmy Page and learned the middle pillar ritual of the Golden Dawn from Jimmy Page backstage nice. before every show. And he's like, I learned oh. magic from Jimmy Page. Now I want to learn it from you. I was like, who's Jimmy Page? I didn't say that. I quickly searched online on <laughs> Internet Explorer, Jimmy Page. And it, over the over 15 minutes of the two hour conversation, a, pay, a, a image slowly rolled out. Remember those days when you'd search for a name and it took 15 yeah. minutes to get an image? Well, that's the quality of computer and internet I had in 2005. And, and then the old school came down old and, school it, modem. and it was like, Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin. I was like, oh, Led Zeppelin is who you're talking. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was a, I was a, oh a fan of, I was, I was a more queen, queen guy, queen kid. Right. Right. That's just how yeah. My parents going. always listened to the, Oh God. My parents listened to all of that when I was a kid. So these musicians have used magic to achieve yeah. and refine their art and yeah. Magic speaking to people again in a phenomenal way. And uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people are making businesses around it and, and exploring even the strangest ideas within it, which I think is great. Like I love that grimoires have come back yeah. so so popular, and that that uh, people yes. are, are putting out critical editions of them and talking about pl Platonism and and the Renaissance and a lot of the ideas that were marginalized or just outright redacted. Mm -hmm. um, of course, along with that comes a yeah. lot of the entheogens and psychedelic use throughout all of history that we've just pretended didn't happen either. Didn't exist. Yeah, oh, didn't, didn't exist. exist. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> The Israelites were talking to God. They weren't stoned on <laughs> cannabis and acacia leaves. Oh, well, they were. Totally. Like, don't, you know, drugs are bad. Just don't tell it. anybody. Yeah, don't tell anyone. We're, we're on drugs. We're on drugs. Was Jesus oh, just some out. stoner going around getting people messed up on some kind of uh, cannabis infused <laughs> wine and then doing Gnostic sex rites with them? Maybe. I mean, uh, possibly. It's more likely would, he was I doing that. So. It's more likely he was doing that than he had blue eyes and blonde hair exactly <laughs> fucking bingo yes bingo can i take a quick bathroom uh, break before we continue well, and I'm probably gonna, wrap up i yeah it's almost it's it's after 12 30 here so we do another <laughs> a few minutes just after a second after yeah, a yeah, yeah 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 say i want to yeah. say goodbye properly Go so all right oh. live. <laughs> we just caught the tail end of your yawn yeah, no, I, I think we've actually been going, I, I, I wasn't planning on doing this too long, but I think we might have broken, done two hours or more, I don't know. But I have a New Zealand story, Do you, can you handle it? Go for it. All right. When I was 15, my creative writing class got to do a workshop with a New Zealand author. And I just remembered this, and I don't remember the author's name, but he wrote a book called Once Were Warriors. Do you know who that is? I don't, I, I, oh my gosh. But you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. It, it was a big deal in New yes. Zealand at the time, wasn't it? It was a very big deal. It's yeah. a very, very, it still is a very big deal. I think it was one of the first um, New Zealand <laughs> novelists to get major international, like, top story press. Yeah, it's, it's a movie. They've turned it into a movie, probably yeah, like in the movie. 90s, I think. Yeah, um, I think this would have been a movie and a book. The year the movie came out, which is probably which, why he was traveling around doing high school writers classes. Yeah, yeah. I, I strangely and unfortunately, and everyone sort of looks at me sideways. I haven't read it or seen it. 
Well, you're a yank. I'm, well, exactly. <laughs> You'd be like, bitch, exactly. I'm not from here. But I've been living here. I have, I've been living here for like 10 years. So I feel like I no should excuse. have seen it. Yeah. I. <laughs> it's, that's so like being can, like, be living in Canada oh. and not watching Anna Green Gables. <laughs> sure. I, ha- I have that book. I've got Anna Green Gables. That's a great book. <laughs> and the show's even better it. it was i remember watching the show but yeah once we're warriors is an intense um yeah, yeah oh, that's so an intense, intense one it was so cool it, uh, you know what's crazy in that writing workshop it was him and one other teacher and the other writing teacher was michael moore ah hmm. oh, nice isn't that the weirdest combination awesome. of, of thinkers you could that imagine? is is that weird it was so weird but they got along. It was a great workshop. A very strange company. <coughs> Wicked. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then my Irish. I don't story. have any Canadian stories. I figured. <laughs> I figured. I don't no have any Canadian stories. If people who are like any anyone with a Canadian story is like, I went to Canada. It was cool. Like shot something with a bow. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Tim Hortons a few times. <laughs> uh, I, that's, you know. that's what I have for coffee every morning. But I make the instant. Oh, yeah. I don't like have taste, but I like the taste of nationalism. <laughs> Fair enough. So, and then in Ireland, my, my friends were a bunch of New Zealand Irish musicians in Galway, and they were all gathered around this, their band member who was Irish, moved to New Zealand, developed this band, and they were struggling um, because recording an album back then cost 10, 20 grand, and he got a gig yeah. doing a flute solo, and uh, he funded his band with that and went back to Ireland. That's where he was teaching me and I was hanging out with all of his crew. And it's the weirdest thing in the world. So at the end of the pub every night, we'd be finished playing tunes and get our last round of Guinness. And people would always say to Alan, they'd be like, hey, Alan, Alan, you fucking cunt, play Lord of the Rings. Play Lord of the Rings, you fucking twat. Like, ah, feck off with you, you fucking shites, fuck off. And you know, and after, after this happened multiple times, I said to Alan, I said, Alan, man, why do they keep telling you to play Lord play. of the Rings? And he's like, ah, because I played it. And I was like, yeah, we can all play it. It's really simple and beautiful. He's like, no, I played it. I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I played it. That was his gig. Was <laughs> so I learned, uh, yeah, I learned about nice. the strangest New Zealand Aww. connection in Irish music from Alan Darty, who now runs a recording studio Very in Dublin. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's, I really want to get there. I want to see my friends um, in New Zealand and, and I want to be allowed to go outside. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they let Canadians in. I, I wouldn't. No, there's like, no, because I know the US is banned. There's like, a, yeah. Oh, we've got a hardcore um, quarantine program. So basically, if you come into New Zealand, is that what the hey, you have to be able to the island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only well, one survivor. On you all get island. one weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Just like here you go. Good luck. <laughs> you each you each have a really shitty knife. <laughs> Survives. Oh you God. Go. No, what they do. So what you have to do is as soon as you come into the country, they ferry you off into. A hotel that you have to pay i think it's like over three thousand dollars 
yeah. stay at this hotel. See, I just went up the mountain. Two, I think it's 14 days. Cottage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that you're in managed isolation. Yeah. And to get in, yeah, it's two weeks in a hotel room. They take them out for walks once a day. Um, you get food delivered to, you know, your hotel room. And basically that's it. I've known a few people who have come back from overseas. Um, one from Singapore, one from Melbourne, one from, oh, I don't know, someone else from the UK. So they just basically just sit in isolation in a hotel. So it's not an island, even though we live on an island. So maybe it's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a big island. It could have been. It's, it's a big two islands, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Is Lord of the Rings still That's a thing there? Cool. Yep. They're still very proud of that. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's Hobbiton. There's a like a area that they've blocked off and created Hobbiton. Um, yeah, the Weta Cave. Like you can go to Weta and go on a tour and We're gonna have to you can do find that. different places. Yeah, it's rad. Even um, so in Wellington, there's heaps of spots that you can go to and you'd be like, oh, this is where this was filmed. This is where this was filmed. And you can go out to the Rumatuckas, which is like the hill, the mountain range, whatever. It's sort of a hill, it's more hill than mountain. Right. Um, on the way out there. And you go up to like Kaitoki Park, you know, where you can go camping and go hiking. And there's Kaitoki, Rivendell. <laughs> so it's just like, this is where it is. Just come down this way, you know, so you can go and see Rivendell. Um, yeah, it's, it's wicked. It's really cool. Yeah. It sounds, <coughs> I've always wanted to do that. I was one of those freaks that watched all the extras on the DVDs of making of it and all that, you know, mm. Lord of the Rings is pretty I awesome. Was, I was, I was lucky that I watched all of that and that all came out before I moved here. So it is quite magical, but I watch it now and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Know yeah. that guy. <laughs> during my oh, quarantine I all is. i had on my computer was those three movies and that was all i could watch for two mm. oh my goodness yeah that's awesome yeah that would be all right that's like what six hours a movie really it's a it's more than that yeah it's a lot it's a lot i, I watched it too it's much but that's it <laughs> yeah well, so eventually you'll get back to New Zealand. It's a good place. I, 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 I got to visit New Zealand yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think we all should, right? No, no, not everybody. Well, <laughs> just the cool kids. Only a select few, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just, just, just the good people. Just the good. It's quite interesting. Like I've gotten text messages from messages from people either living in australia or living you know like what is it like in new zealand how expensive how expensive is it to live there um would they allow australians in like it's just like wow guys wow it sucks for our like um our housing market is really ridiculous and rental markets are really ridiculous because yeah. everyone's moving back so everyone left yeah. and now everyone's moving back but you know yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so if you, you can you, afford an extra three thousand dollars on top of your flights <laughs> and all of your holiday expenses, and you can afford another two weeks of sitting in a hotel, 
then you can come visit. Well, we're just, we're hoping this will pass. The, the scary thing is we don't know if it ever yes. will. Like, honestly, I think, I, I don't think the powers that be want this to change. I honestly don't. I don't think they want this to change at all. I don't think they have any. I don't think they have a choice. Changing. I don't think they have a choice. Uh, we'll see. Like we've been, we've been lucky because we're so isolated. We're, we're, you know, the bottom of the fucking planet. We're isolated. You know, a place like Canada or the United States, all of those borders you can cross so easily. You can't actually contain it. You know, you can't, you know, isolate yourselves to the point where you can actually get rid of everything. If you can, and everyone does stay in lockdown and does their quarantine properly and follows the rules, then you're, I think your chances are quite a bit better, you know? And as soon as they, cause we have like, we don't have any community cases right now, but mm. if there is one that comes yeah. up, like everyone goes and checks their like tracker apps and making sure that, okay, was I here that day was, you know, and everyone just puts themselves into isolation if yeah. they were in any I sort can't. of contact with the community, you know, yeah. it's any, just, any store it, I go into, I have to give them my full name and my phone number. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. tracking. But yeah, we've gone full uh, police state. That's been the case for a while. I just didn't realize yeah. it because I'm a, I'm busy, uh, you know, studying grimoires and doing dark arts <laughs> living your life Such dark <laughs> living the dark life it's all good my my idea of, of the dark arts is contemplating opening up porn and then feeling guilty and like a good roman catholic not doing it then i just go go to bed cry <laughs> just feeling guilty <laughs> using my tears as lubricant yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's Welcome a, that's a subtle, that's a, I, and I gave you a subtle nod to Vancouver cinema there because the phrase oh, crying geez. and using your tears as lubricant is a line from Ryan Reynolds from just down the street from here where I'm living uh, from Vancouver <laughs> waiting. If you've never seen Ryan Reynolds in waiting, that's some good Vancouver humor throughout the entire movie. Oh. Ryan Reynolds and Seth Rogen like from Reynolds. Vancouver. They're from Vancouver. And the way that, so when, when Superbad first got made, I've said this a million times on the podcast, but it's like, it's like Joe Rogan with chimpanzees. There's some things we just want to talk about. And I like talking about Vancouver humor because <laughs> when Superbad came out and everyone was like, oh my God, this, this Judd Apatow has gone off the rails. His humor is so dark and crass and absurd. All of us in Vancouver <laughs> it was were brutal. like, oh. yeah, everyone in Vancouver, we all were at the cinema going, oh, we were all looking at each other going, holy shit, this is how we talk. And people didn't realize that this is a <laughs> thing. Like, this is not just some Hollywood guy taking it to the extreme. No, this is a Hollywood guy. Yes. He was given advice by Seth Rogen after, during Freaks and Geeks. He knows his shit. <clears throat> and and yeah. working with this Vancouver guy, Seth Rogen was like, you should just take everything as extreme and absurd as you can. And that is how nice. it's been. Like, when, like nice. long before 40-year-old virgin, we were saying in the 80s, yo, I'm going to kick you in the uterus right which is so absurd and stupid <laughs> it's such a stupid thing to say like what kind of fucking moron are you to say something that's it's stupid so it's so stupid but it's fucking hilarious in a weird fucked up way it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome oh, you know what <laughs> but, a and good that's new it. zealand that's movie talk. is kick your uterus i love that that was like <laughs> one of the best lines <laughs> 
One of the, um, I will recommend before we go, I'll recommend a um, New Zealand movie that you probably haven't seen and it's called Boy. Is it about a you Canadian girl who goes to high school there mm-hmm. and listens no. to Tragically Hip? Okay, because that's a movie that's great about a Canadian going to New Zealand. Anyway, boy, oh, boy. No. I will watch Boy. I boy. will watch Boy. Boy is beautiful. It is so good. So it's Taika Waititi, who did, who was the um, director for the Avengers, some of the Avengers. Everyone says I'm meant to have mixed feelings about him, but I like his work. So, so that's how that is. Yeah, he's doing. He's so yeah, 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 yeah. So he went to high school with my ex um, because New Zealand is such a small freaking place. Um, and yeah, like he's a Wellingtonian, so he's dude. Anna Paquin lovely. went to my Walder school uh, oh. with my friends in uh, somewhere. Anyway, because yeah, it is a small community. Yeah, right? no, she's from here. She's from yeah. the hut. She went to the Walder school. So the hut when I was in Vienna, when I was in Vienna, there was a bunch of New Zealand Walder kids there on exchange programs doing Walder school with me. Oh, nice, nice, noise, 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 noise. Yeah. No, Anna Paquin. Yeah, she's from the hut. She's from well. So the hut is like a is a bit of a not a trashy suburb. It's a very large suburb of. So if I ever run into her at one of my friends' film party, I'll be like, "You're so you're from a pretty trashy place in New Zealand, eh?" (laughs) And she'll be like, like, "What does this bitch know?" Oh my god, that's hilarious! That's hilarious. To be like, "You're from the hut." (laughs) That's all you gotta say. Anyway. I'm just going to ask her no, about fairy folk and true blood. Oh. Yeah. Well, we should give a shout out to a, a friend of ours on Instagram, a friend of mine on Instagram from Inkskirkaville in New Zealand. The one I was talking about who's looking for Golden Dawn or magical people or whatever. Invercargill. Invercargill. Shout out to bro. Invercargill. Inver- <laughs> and you were like, oh, he, he's fucked. And I was like, bro, I heard you're fucked. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Yeah, he's a great guy seriously there's not much going on down there i think there was like one little i was only in invercargill for like a day it is it's it's very pretty down there um i was only there for like an afternoon because it was just like oh yeah this is just a really crappy kind of suburb i'm sure it's lovely but i think there was like only one magic-y shop like that sold crystals and some tarot cards yeah that was about the extent of it yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. America's still got the America, man. They just have all that stuff. <laughs> they have all the people. Like, you know? America. There's, there's no one. I've been talking since I've been back in Canada, and I'm just talking to people in the scene. And they're like, yeah, there's no one mm. here. Like, it's hard to do anything, whether in almost any field, magic, music, arithmetic, yeah. you know, cow herding. You can do a bit of it, but not much. There's, <laughs> there's just not that much going on. There's just no one here. It's a, it's a bigger no, country than America. No, exactly. It's less than 10% of the population. It, there's no one here. And yeah. It's very hard to find people with your It's just so and, much more spread out. You know, that's probably why I'm still relying on mm. Instagram to talk to people because there's just no one around who wants to talk no, about any enough. of the stuff I want to talk about. But this is why, this is why social media is good. You know, it has its downfalls, but it's just like, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't be having a conversation. 
it's uh, like uh, you and I don't know each other from Adam. We never met. We've just talked a couple times. Nah. And then we're like, yo, yeah. you said something about COVID being the, the baby boomer killer. And I was like, oh, I have to talk to this lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were saying. That was the boomer killer, wasn't it? Because you said something I about it being the, it was. Yeah, the boomer. <laughs> The boomer that's virus. A joke, that was a joke <laughs> the at work. We were, like when it first started coming out, we were like, "Oh no, it's the boomer killer." Anyway, it would be, it would be funnier. It's really horrible if, if, for me to say. <laughs> it's unfortunate because most of the like the majority of the people I, I love are boomers, you know. And I'm not saying exactly. that, I'm not saying that that's a diss against the millennial no. generation, but it, no. of course it is because they're shit. Are you are you millennial? No, You're a I'm millennial, aren't you? I'm Gen X. Uh, I'm I'm the rarest and smallest of generations. We're the we're the truly fucked. We're the doomed. Yeah. Generation. Yeah. I was yeah. a Gen I'm Y. A, I'm still technically Gen Y, but sociologists changed the terminology so that millennial defines people who graduated or turned 18 in the new millennium, 2000 or onward. So I'm in 1999. Oh but, right. Right. Before it used oh, to be yeah, a 1981 no. distinction, but they're two different categories of terminological definition, and they've been slightly adjusted since I got into sociology in grad school right. 20 years ago. So the terms have changed. Okay. I'm, saying, I'm throwing out all these details because people listening are going to be like, hey, now, wait a second. I'm like, no, 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 fucking shut up. I know my <laughs> shit. Trust me. Um, and people still like to call me a millennial. I don't I'm like, that. I'm not even an elder millennial. My sisters are elder. My sister's an elder, like 83, 82. That's an elder millennial. But right. but I'm really in between. I'm on the borderline of Gen X and, and millennial. And so we're all fucked anyway, right? But there's a lot of but old wise people. But then was Gen Y. Gen Y. Gen Wasn't y was, there a Gen so Y they, category? So, so what, okay, here we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So it was okay, go. boomers, boomers, and we know what's came before yep. boomers. So there was boomers, Gen X. That was very distinct. Then what we had in the early days of getting into this period of time, sociologically, we had Gen Y and Gen A. Gen Y was the generation that was coming of age during the millennium, hence the Y. And Gen yeah. A were, was a term referred to the adaptives, as they called them in sociology. This is, again, this is sociology yeah. from 20 years ago, literally, that I was doing. I was right. writing on cloning, and I was writing on generational studies in early grad school. And uh, it's fascinating that no one talks about cloning anymore, because it sounds like people think they're cloning humans, and maybe they are, and we're not talking about it, but I don't know they've just like put a kibosh on talking about cloning because it's deregulated in most places, but highly regulated in the West. And we don't even know how mm -hmm. far the science has developed, but that's another conversation for another time. That's a Gen whole another. I know. Hacks. I just like opened up the Pandora's box and was like, but we're not looking in it. No. Boom. No, <laughs> no. Just say no. On, <laughs> that's too intense. That's four hours in itself, and it needs some mushrooms. I don't um, want to go there. I don't want to go there. There's all these celebrities going online, being like, "Yo, I've been cloned. I keep waking up in this strange place." It's like, oh my god, oh my god, that's amazing. I love it. I want to hear all about that, but I don't have time. So Gen Y, a gen, the adaptives were defined by the, the growing up with computers uh, and technology around them and therefore called adaptives because they didn't grow up in a time in which they didn't know with, without technology without and computers. computers yes. Gen Y yeah. did grow up. If you were, so if you grew up with computers and knew that, you were Gen A. If you didn't, you were Gen mm -hmm. Y. These were vague distinctions. But as time went on and you know, years passed, they were like, okay, these are less functional distinctions than these two new ones we're seeing. And the new ones are people who graduated in the 20th century, people who became adults in the 20th century, 
and people who became adults mm -hmm. after 2000. That is what we're calling millennials. And then Gen Z came along because they were like, well, but people born after 95 seem to be very different. And so we're calling that Gen Z. Oh, or Gen Z. Right. I forget which one's American, which one's Canadian. In Canada, we say both of them. In Z. America, they only say Z. They only say Z in America, right? And we say Z. Where's no, they Z? say Z. They say Z. Oh my God. America is Z. We say, we say Z here. I love you guys. I Keep know, your shit together. Oh, no kidding. Oh, I, mean, I have a I love Thanksgiving. That's where I want to um, live, but it's going crazy. It's mental. I have my Thanksgiving family Zoom call in the morning, so. I feel like Americans are hostages. <laughs> I feel like they're hostages, like yeah. psychic, psychic yeah. hostages of these great mm -hmm. masterminds using these two bifurcated, dualistic, distractional powers of politics to blindside them all. And I don't know if it's for the IMF yeah. or like other global interests or Bilderbergs or whatever for fucking reptilians under the ground are going to come up from the Nazi bases in South Antarctica and eat us all. I don't know what's going on, but I think we need to take a break from our, our lattes every once in a while and ask a few questions and challenge a few. We need to take, we need to take a break from the lattes, have a flat white instead. Yeah. Back to the flat whites. Flat whites. Yeah. yeah. It's like a latte with no foam. Mm. It's like a, uh, it's much nicer. Flat white. It's just such a great term. There's got to be some comedy gold in it. Flat white. <laughs> there. <laughs> I like the I like the scale white white wine so idea. Yum. It's like yes. white white people. A flat white person is a white person who <laughs> who gets too drunk to finish all the wine they bought. So the next day they drink it. So they're white wine. Aren't, or like, you know, those people, you know, okay, here's a white person. There's a white, here's a white person. Trope. Oh, you those know white people who keep like white wine in the fridge. There's always a half finished bottle of white wine in the fridge. Those are the flat whites. Do you ever put a bottle of white wine half finished in the fridge for later? And maybe that's a week later. You're a flat white. <laughs> Fucking finish your bottle like a man or a woman or a, in between or something else. Or a, or a or a binary, I don't remember the name of them now. Oh my non -binaries. god. Non-binary. Non-binary. Yeah. Nine binaries. Yeah. Oh my well, gosh. I feel like I feel like, you know. Yeah. That's that's all groovy to me. Like I don't we're all we're all nature spirits trapped in these flesh suits, right? So yeah, rock Pretty and roll. Much. Like yeah. let's 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 Absolutely. reject this stuff. If but of course if we're meant to be rejecting it and transcending it or transforming it, which is so what I prefer. Why are we so focused on gender and identity? Get your shit together, people. This is, this is illogical. If you want us to not care about gender, stop talking about it. And I know that can sound like, oh, powerful white man talking. I'm not powerful though. I'm a bum like the rest of you. And <laughs> like, I do know that your focus becomes your reality. So if you're super focused mm -hmm. on your identity, chances are you're not transforming yeah. it very much. Because yeah, I have absolutely. been very many different people than I am today. My, that spark within me has oh, never yeah. changed. And if you're gonna try and pin me down based on who I was, you are going to completely miss out on who I am and who I will be and who I could be. So we gotta stop this bigotry, eh? Nice, nice. Nice, eh? 
See, I was trying to say A as many times as you because you said it twice and then I said it twice, but you just said it again and now you've said it three times. I keep track of the A's. You know, I didn't ever say A until I moved out of Canada and I, then I was getting, in tr like, people would hear my accent and, and bottle me from behind in Ireland because they heard my accent like, fucking, let's bottle the American. <laughs> and then my friends were like, yo, you got to say A. If you're Canadian, say A all the time. So I started and that's what the story is. 15 years of saying A so that nice. I didn't get beat up for being an a. American. A. The once in Ireland, enough, I some no some one, guy no was one like, wants to be American. Once in Ireland, someone said, "Hey, you fucking Americans, fuck off!" And we're like, "We're Canadian." He's like, "You're it's even worse." <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "We're Canadian." He's like, "That's fucking even worse," and goes off to an alleyway to drink his buckfast. <laughs> like, so I'm not joking. <laughs> we were like looking at each a, other, and we looked at each other, and we're like, "That's awesome." <laughs> we loved it. We're like, "That's fucking awesome." That guy knows what's up. We are worse. <laughs> fucking Trudeau. I had a friend. I had a friend who who thought the same exact thing. He's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, Americans, they're pretty shit, but Canadians, fuck." <laughs> it's like, what well, do you mean? <clears throat> I mean, he was from France, and so oh. his, he would go. And, <laughs> so well, we have a special relationship with the French because we've sort of like, exactly. you know, fucked up their language and accent as much as we could. As much as possible, absolutely. Well, I was in Paris yeah. for a month or France for a month oh. last year, almost by accident because I got my bank account got hacked while I was uh, transiting flights between uh, London mm -hmm. and California, and my bank was hacked, so I couldn't get on my connecting flight. Believe it or not. And so I was stuck in oh, France no. for almost a month and it was brutal, but they did get a hoot out of my Quebecois, French Canadian sort of language. And I milked it for all it was worth. I'd mix in like French Canadian dialect with saying a, and like, yo dude. And they just thought it was <laughs> would be, that'd be brilliant. That needs to be an entire thing. That's good. They were like murder me, but not my language. <laughs> I was like, ah, sus ma bite, mon cher. <laughs> And they're like, did you just say? I'm like, that's exactly what I just said. Suck. My <laughs> nice. No, they were fun times. They were they were good people. I mean, I got robbed in Montmartre, cool. you know, underneath the, the windmill where Moulin Rouge is set. I did get robbed there. Oh, of course. It held me down, took my wallet, took my visa, tried to swipe it on a machine. Didn't work because like, hey, I was stuck here because my literally got hacked. <laughs> it's like... I got no money, yeah. baby. <laughs> believe it or not, I found out who hacked it. I, the person bragged to a friend on Instagram and bragged about doing it with my social insurance number and oh, my bank no. documents. Yeah, so I know who they are. So I'm in town. Holy shit. Shit might get real. <gasps> but I'm not going to kill myself. I might get murdered. <laughs> probably there might be some trouble. This. If he's there listening is, to this, be some trouble. dude, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> Legally, that is. I was going to say, you don't sound that that actual threatening, but that's okay. Dude, we won't dueling, see dueling's legal here, and I'm a fucking fencing master. <gasps> oh, like, as dueling. in, I can do the full Inigo Montoya, left or right hand, and you still won't beat me. On. So I'm going to fuck some okay. shit up if it comes down to it. But, like, you got to give me back my <laughs> social insurance number and my family photo albums and maybe my $200,000 worth of books. That would be nice. Oh. Crazy, hey? I know. Yeah, Fuck. That, that stuff gets real, eh? Hey, 
<laughs> no, and that time I meant it. I didn't mean to say it. Like it's just like I know, but you, that was the second time you said it, it was, in like that a was sentence. Here, one like a. It's like, good. In like a. It's like when we say sorry in in Vancouver, when people say sorry, they mean anything but sorry. If you run through a crowd of people and everyone's like sorry, 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 as you bump through them, they don't mean sorry. They mean go fuck yourself. What the fuck's wrong with you? Shut up. Like you just hit me. It, when we say get the fuck a, out of the way, we say a. We mean like the Irish mean cop on, like cop on, like don't be an idiot, like smarten up. Like get with the program mm-hmm. and we like to joke that americans say huh because they don't understand <laughs> it is i find myself saying that all the time like my whole life huh huh huh, huh? Oh, i don't i i love it i love saying huh? huh i want the person to explain everything to me because you know it's faster just, i'm so tired of nationalism <laughs> to an extent you know it's it's really 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 fun to joke about all this stuff but i'm so aware what, what happened to humanitarianism it feels like it's been devoured and just like shout out like what happened to us being human beings who are all in it together what happened to that and people call me naive but i really think that it might be the like, only answer, right? Like if we don't like if there's no like no borders, just no borders. Uh, I don't know. I mean, says the girl uh, who lives on an island. <laughs> I've got the right? biggest borders in the world, motherfuckers. For the rest of the world, no borders. You'll figure it out. I mean, the solution to our problems locally shouldn't be to go somewhere else. No, no. Absolutely. That was what I was saying before, like with lockdown, everything was so close. We don't need to go, you know, it comes down to more of a tribal, um, like a tribal dynamic within like neighborhoods. You know, you keep in touch with the people next to you and you say, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? You know, and you can drop it off and then leave it for a day (laughs) and then pick it up the next day so it doesn't have any germs on it. But it comes down to that where people really start to look after each other, especially, you know, if you have neighbors and things. I just remembered that's all you need, actually. I just realized that while I was making fun of Americans, you're American because I'd started to think of you as a Kiwi. And I'm like, oh shit, this whole time (laughs) running off on Americans because I love them and it's fun to take the piss out of everything you love. But I, then I'm like, oh, and she is American. That's right. But then you again, that's the, that goes back to the humanitarian thing. If you see people as human beings, right, then it doesn't matter. Like, like stop seeing, stop, stop looking at these. Yeah, we're now we're going to get into segregation or something like that. I can feel it. It's dangerous territory, right? For all just human beings, is that denying identity and race? But oh, I don't know. Probably. Then again, if I don't use the language someone else wants to use, if I, if I have to use the language someone else wants me to use, and I identify as an Irish person, for example, say I wanted to be like, I'm Irish, therefore, if you don't speak Gaelic to me, you're a fucking racist. Okay, we're back. But the question you miss is like, I, what if I identif- chose to identify as an Irish person? And therefore, anyone who doesn't speak Irish Gaelic to me is a fucking racist. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this, though? Hmm. I, it's a joke, but it's I also do. a point. But it's so it's no, it's very it's very valid. It's very, very valid. 
I have those questions as well. I don't think anyone can answer them for me. But what do you think? I have friends here who are J or G or Zap or, or Zudod. I'm not joking. They have they make up all kinds of stuff that they want to be identified with. And I do my best to remember it. I really do. Because I don't care. I'll mm. use whatever words you want. But I have a limit to what I can do with my memory when in a room yeah. full of people. Um, I mean, if there's a reason that it's becoming more and more acceptable to call everybody dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if you say that to the wrong person on Twitter, you're canceled, they delete your account, your business is shut down, and you never work again online. Yes. Which yep, is, that's absolutely. a little weird, because don't, the intention versus meaning, right? Um, it's a problematic thing. I don't know. We're not going to solve it now, but it's mm -mm. fun talking about I would love it if yeah. everyone had to speak Irish Gaelic to me. That'd be fucking awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just walk around with the, the Irish, Irish flag over your shoulders. You're like, this person can only be legally communicated with in in, in Asquelga. <laughs> like Kajema Tatu, Tommy Kahinta, Nahuel. And it's like you know, in Star Wars they all speak like, other uh... languages. <laughs> Get your brain together, study harder. Huh? Stop playing so <laughs> or maybe make video That's games. That's true. They all language. do speak the languages, don't they? Mm. It's one of the great maybe by that Star point, Wars. or well, yeah, that's true. Especially given like you think they'd have a technology to just like translate that stuff in your ear. Yeah. Device exactly. I mean, we pretty much have that today. Yeah, we have that. All today. you need is you need Google Translate. Google Translate with like a little, you know. Have you seen the handheld pod or something? You just walk up to someone, you speak in your language, and it translates it into their language and says it to them out loud. Yeah. Yeah, but we have it. It's awesome. It's Google awesome. Translate does that. Yeah, Is that I've got it on is? my okay. phone. It's amazing. Yeah, no. I think that's how it works. I don't know. I only look I up know. like certain words. It can't. It doesn't do the languages mm. I like very well. So, like, it doesn't do Irish, no. Aramaic. It doesn't do. It doesn't do Maori either. So, like today, yeah. Which is all I always want to. Like, I need to learn how to speak it properly. So. Yeah, mm. well, it's such a mm. such a remarkable culture you have to, in your environment. Like, that'd be really cool to to learn some of that. I love the dances. I love the yeah. fighting dances. They taught us one of those. Oh, so yeah, good. the haka, the oh, kapa haka. So cool. They teach. Oh, <laughs> my boys did it. My boys oh. learned it. Like they're it's sort of what scary. was it? Year three. It's, it's actually sort so, of scary, right? It is when, it, like, when they do it properly. It's and so you're just animalistic, like, and you mean it. It's like, oh my god, I do not want to fight yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just like I, you are calling the gods. I'm gonna. Just hang out back here thanks <laughs> like, i was i used to be yeah. a spiritual director for a christian anglican church summer camp and and i taught them all that at the end of the week mm. we would all do that nice the rest of the time <laughs> just preach, and preach fencing yeah. nice. oh i missed church yeah, my work. boys learned kapahaka oh that's so cool it was right it was the yeah, yeah yeah like it's a cultural it's the cultural thing they do it in school I and, learned it from um, a, a white Australian bagpiper who just hung out in New Zealand for a while, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> it's probably not the. <laughs> but you know, yeah, he was a cool dude. He enough. spoke fluent Japanese, like <laughs> fluent. It was like, what? There's cool people out there. There's so many nice. cool people out here, and I'm glad that there we get are. to meet each other on Instagram and social media platforms. 
you know, the other day though, I had a live, a DM, I was having a conversation with someone. And I saw a comment, uh, I mm-hmm. saw a response I made deleted in real time, but I still screen captured mm-hmm. it in time. And I was like, did you see that message? They're like, no, I sent them the thing. They're like, holy shit. We just got censored in real time. And that's where we're going. That's where we are. Freaky. That's so that's freaky, freaky, right? That's creepy shit. Man. Hmm. Should we wrap up? We probably Scary should. Shit. I don't I don't know if it's yes. been two hours or four hours, but I don't know. It's late though. One of my kids Wait. just got up to go to the toilet, so hold. <laughs> so I think it's like one in the morning. <laughs> and didn't we start at 9 p.m. your time gonna... or 9 30? 9 30. Yeah, something yeah. like so that. Yeah. But ever, thanks for thanks for, for <laughs> listening, everybody. Any any words of wisdom or story or final story or thoughts? Channeling. Oh. No, I don't know. Too tired. Too tired. Uh, no final words. <laughs> I never have final words. I, I am not the person with the final word, at least yet. The conversation doesn't end, right? We'll keep talking. We, we all exactly. talk on, on Instagram in our little bubbles. And uh, Totally. Yeah. Enjoy the bubbles. Enjoy the bubble. Enjoy uh, the bubble. I like this. This was a great conversation for me because I feel like we didn't really come up with any answers to anything, but we asked a fuckload of questions. (laughs) Really, like... If anyone has the answers, please, please let us know. That'd be great. They don't. No one has... That's the thing, though. No one has the answers. Somebody... No, no, somebody might. (laughs) Yeah, but they're in the Antarctica in the Nazi base with the aliens. That's true. They're out hanging with the aliens. Dude, you can make comments about reptilians eating you on the street now in Vancouver and everyone in the store knows what you're saying and just starts laughing because <laughs> we're all like, Hey, <laughs> like, everyone's heard it from everyone in lockdown has heard so much crazy shit. Cause we've been glued to our screens, whether for work or, or, or pleasure or both. And yeah, people are becoming, becoming aware of <laughs> like a lot all of the shit. conspiracy theories. <laughs> Dude, I did a deep, all the cons- I, I, for, I, I, I got fed up in California. Everyone's talking about QAnon. I'm like, what is this thing? And I don't know. And then one day I was oh just in God. a certain mood. I did a 45 hour <clears throat> deep dive. That was on the heels. Oh yeah. And I'm an academic, right? So like. It doesn't stop. It doesn't yeah. stop there. And I, and I did, I did the same thing with Pizzagate and with all of these different things. And it was <laughs> so fucking amazing to see all these things different ideas human beings are having and i'm like wow and then there's some good stuff there like you read the clinton emails and you're like oh we're fucked yeah we're in serious trouble um because like Mm -hmm. why who the fuck is paying like uh, like the pedophilia pizzagate shit like we know with epstein like we're there's some serious human trafficking going on and there are some powerful people that don't want us to know about it and with that we come to the end of our podcast brought to you by adrenochrome buy it two for one now on sale at your local something, a Dreamachrome seller. <laughs> Apparently that was a big thing since Retailer. Johnny Depp did Fe- Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and everyone became aware of what it was or something like that, but I don't really know. Um, we've been drinking human blood from sacrifices since the Aztec days, if not before, right? So Exactly, since maybe, before then, easily hey, before then. So like, you know, we there just got to go. decriminalize it and see where it goes. <laughs> but they did that in california they decriminalized pedophilia good for you california rock on do you know about that they did that 
I did not know that. Oh, that's not even a that's not even a rabbit hole. That's just reading one legal document. I don't even know. No, you don't want to know that. But we're saying it out loud because people don't want to know it. And when you say it, people in California who voted on it, they still don't want to know. It's like you voted for this and you don't want to know about this. And they're like, it's more complicated than that. It's like, oh, suck a dick. Well, that's what they want to do. So that's why they're legalizing it. Yeah, it's really scary. And That's... I grew up in a country in Canada where we had age of consent 14 for most of my life. And then the conservatives oh. were 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We were very clear about what the age of consent was growing up. And then conservative government changed to 16, wow. which is one of the best things they did. Um, and uh, and that's good. That's good. That's all I can say about it. Then they killed those two Canadian billionaires who worked with the Clinton Foundation and had these servers and then yeah. they were strangled to death and no one talked about it and no one still does talk about it and fortunately we are demonetized so we can and uh you know i've already been doxxed three years ago so you know and like my mom says my wise mother they can't kill us all <laughs> till next time nice. right we can we can get into this shit more next time but i know i will with other people as well just throwing out a bunch exactly. of hand grenades into the listener sphere um you know into the abyss hey it's it's looking back at us it's wondering what we're gonna the do abyss. that abyss is very very talkative it's it's a chatterbox it mm. wants to know what we're doing what we're thinking what we're feeling and and if you want to cross it i advise you to you know well we we have asked the questions to the abyss there you go yeah. We have asked the questions to the abyss. What is the abyss going to come back with? Anyway, I want to do more three-way conversations down here. So, if anyone listening wants to have a three-way conversation, hopefully you'll come back and have a group talk <laughs> because th- this has been really fun. And I'm trying to adjust the fact that I'm not going to be able to see people for like a year, maybe, maybe less, because <laughs> based on my mom's life, it's not a fun thing to think about. But uh, I definitely need to start doing a lot more of this, and um, I hope I hope we can do this again, Beth. Cool, me too. Yeah. Right. Where can people find awesome. you online? If is, do you have a site that um, you want to send people to? I do, I do. Um, it's which one is it? So practicalmagicalhome.com is the website, and so if you put the little at symbol before practical magical home you can find the whole gamut there, Instagram and Facebook and the things and the stuff. I like things and stuff. We all do. We can spend money on each other rather than on Amazon. So let's do it. Bingo. That's it. So much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's good. Good. Good fun. I am going to fall asleep. (laughs) You've earned it. Yeah. All right. It's one twenty-three. This is some good numbers. So awesome. Thank you so much. Underbar. Oh, dude, you're the bomb. Sweet. All right. We'll <laughs> okay. talk soon. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. 
Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk that's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk and as a lot of you know I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before including a six hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May I believe so check it out now hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk